You're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Presented by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan, and Blue Care Network. I'm producer and creative director, Tony Cuthbert. This is meteorologist John McMurray. Now in the shadow of the Capitol Dome in Lansing, he's heard from the beaches of Lake Michigan to the halls of power and behind closed doors, here's Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Michael Patrick Shields is on the air. Good morning, world. Good morning, Michigan. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today, tomorrow, and Wednesday as well. Tony Cuthbert on the other side of the glass coming at you through the AT&T microphones. We are presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Got a whole lineup of folks uh, to talk to later in the program. A lot of news to share with you here, too. We can talk about the snow if you want. If you think we got it bad, we don't have it bad. (laughs) Go to Buffalo where they're shoveling out of 88 inches of snow. The Buffalo Bills were in Detroit to play their football game because their stadium in Orchard Park was under huge drifts of snow. And then uh, Tony told me they just got in a plane and went back to Buffalo after spending some time here in the Motor City, winning a football game, only to come back for Thanksgiving. Buffalo Bills coming to Detroit. Take on the Lions for the annual Thanksgiving game hosted by the Detroit Lions every Thanksgiving. Well, what else is going on here? We did get a little bit of snow here. Traverse City actually lit its Christmas tree. It had its uh, annual tree lighting, but uh, the light parade was canceled or postponed rather until Tuesday uh, because of all the bad road conditions, all the snow that they're getting up north. So we got a little bit of snow here for sure, but uh, there's a lot of other places uh, that got it a lot worse uh, than we did. Now, the big news so far this uh, this uh, Monday, the 21st, it has to do with Twitter. And Elon Musk, the new owner of Twitter, deciding that he was going to let on Donald Trump. He could bring back his Twitter account if he wanted to. Donald Trump's like, eh. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. You know, he signed a deal with that other social media account to uh, provide content, and that's where Donald Trump has been providing his uh, thoughts and comments to his uh, folks who follow him. So uh, even if he wanted to come back to Twitter, he's under an obligation, I guess, to stick with his current social media account and, I guess, share his opinions there first, and then after a certain period of time, he could put it on Twitter anyway, but the backlash has been pretty significant. Folks saying that they're going to leave Twitter. They don't want to be a part of Twitter. Uh, I see the Detroit News actually wrote a story that Jack uh, Jack White, uh, the um, music artist, has decided that uh, he's going to come off Twitter. Did you tell me CBS News is off Twitter now too, Tony? I did see that their verified account, CBS News, is no longer providing content on Twitter. Because of Donald Trump, you know, I I understand what Elon Musk is trying to do and that who is he or Twitter or anybody else to be the thought police. And so you open it up, you lay off a bunch of staff so people aren't checking accounts anymore. Um, But I I mean, if you didn't, if you did, so he's gone ahead and did this. Um, But I guess my, my thoughts on this are there's other social media accounts out there that are basically allowing folks to do what Twitter used to allow folks to do, which was share their opinions basically unedited. 
Go ahead and say whatever you want. And if it's offensive, people don't have to follow you. And if it's offensive, if you don't want to defoul them, if you want to bother them, if you want to pepper them with um, your own kind of pushback or bullying or whatever, uh, you're allowed to do that, which is what Twitter used to be. So it's almost like an evolution that Twitter has become full circle. It started off as a medium where anybody could pop off and say whatever they wanted. And then they decided, well, geez, I guess maybe we should put some kind of restrictions and controls on it. And then you put restrictions and controls on somebody's speech, you know, regardless of how ridiculous it is. And then before you know it, you've got the thought police deciding, well, wait a minute now. Um, where are we going to draw the line between inaccurate information and hateful speech and just deciding that, well, we don't really like that opinion. Um, The line gets really fuzzy between who's got the right speech and whose speech should not be regulated. And then they tried, what was this blue check mark thing, Tony? What what was that? What what was that even supposed to mean? What does that mean? It was supposed to mean you are looking and you are getting information from a so-called reputable source. So you get this, uh, yeah, this reputable source, whoever you know, whatever that is. And that, I mean, sure, you get that blue check mark. But then, what about the people who respond to the blue check mark stuff? Do you need a blue check mark to respond? Absolutely not. It can be somebody with zero followers that just has a burner account that went on there to talk trash or just uh, conflict whatever you're saying. So we've got, so we still have, you get the blue check mark or not, people could still pop off on your stuff. Are, are we really monitoring everybody's account and what they say and whether it's bullying or harassment or just plain ignorance? Uh, that's the problem you get to with social media, which I think is, it, it's become uh, kind of destructive in itself. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that's ever going to be like some panacea where you can weed out everybody's opinion that you don't like because then at that point you do become the thought police and you become almost like a, um, I guess, a, um, a, a silo in yourself. You become an echo chamber that only people who agree with you then end up being in this certain space because you've kicked out all the other offending opinions. So all you've got left is your own little band of group that agree with you. And it becomes an echo chamber. And what Twitter had become is an echo chamber of liberals and progressives. And I mean, just so I don't I don't do a lot of Twitter. I mean, folks who can look at my account and I actually kind of slam Twitter in my own bio. Um, But if you if you look at um, when you look at who follows and, and who retweets the things at MERS at our MERS account, when we put out news and information, when we would call races for Democrats during the election, that's the one thing that we do use Twitter for is on election night we call races. Um, and we, we do use Twitter for that. But whenever it was a Democratic candidate, we would get dozens of likes and retweets, um, you know, a couple hundred. I think one, I think Slotkin, we got like a thousand or something like that. But we put out Tim Wahlberg. Let's say Tim Wahlberg won. We went ahead and called that race. Uh, John Molinar, congressman up north, uh, Bill Heisinger. I don't know, get 10, maybe 15, something like that. Um, Just, you know, so I I give that example just to show that Twitter has become a sounding board, an echo chamber for the progressives who just end up kind of agreeing with themselves and the people who don't agree with them end up getting um, their their Twitter blocked or they get harassed right off the the, um, 
the platform, and then they just go somewhere else and do the same thing. So is the place that they're going going to thought police the content of the people who are providing there? And at what point does it all just kind of become a big waste of time? Which I guess is the reason why I got off Twitter a long time ago is I just found other things to do that didn't make me angry or bothered me or whatever. Just went out and, I don't know. Lived your life? Lived my life, you know, played with the kid. Watched Shocking. The, played with the kids, washed the dishes. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Do something else. Pick up a book, for God's sake. I mean, find something else to do with your life. It's much more, it's a lot more entertaining than staring there and looking at my phone. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Traverse City is more than a place, it's a destination. And for many, it's a dream, but a dream that's reachable and ready every single day. Just a car ride away. Traverse City is diverse, though, from beaches to boating to bluffs to wine and food, shopping and snowmobiling, gaming and golf. The possibilities are countless. So become a regular in Traverse City where you'll feel away and at home because its people are its charm. Visit TraverseCity.com to learn more on our Fab Fall getaways. We can't see tomorrow, but we can hear it. Tomorrow sounds like hydrogen being added to natural gas to make it more sustainable. It sounds like solar panels generating thousands of megawatts. And it sounds like carbon being captured and stored keeping it out of our atmosphere. We've been bridging to a sustainable energy future for more than 20 years. Because what we do today helps ensure tomorrow is on. Enbridge. Life takes energy. Grab some green at Firekeepers this November. Win a share of over $200,000 with the cash grab giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. You could be one of 25 guaranteed winners to pick a big prize, including up to $30,000 cash. Earn entries daily and join us on November 26th. Every two hours from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., five winners will each get to select from the punch board to win up to $10,000 cash. Then at 10 p.m., it's the grand prize drawing, where five lucky players will each choose a huge cash prize from $12,500 all the way up to $30,000 cash. Don't miss your chance to win a share of over $200,000 with the Cash Grab Giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. The best giveaways, the biggest guaranteed prizes, only at Firekeepers. Get your Vegas on at Firekeepers Casino Hotel. I-94 to exit 104 in Battle Creek. Management reserves all rights. Barry Manilow is announcing a short 2023 arena tour. The 79-year-old will perform on a seven-night limited engagement. It's set to kick off January 13th at Sunrise, Florida, and wrap up January 21st in Charlotte, North Carolina. He'll also be on stage in Tampa, Savannah, Orlando, Atlanta, Georgia, and Nashville. Ticketmaster is canceling the public sale of Taylor Swift's upcoming tour. Joe Levy of Billboard Magazine says it's a very bad look for that company and a pretty bad day for Taylor Swift. Honestly, the fans, they're more frustrated that they signed up for something and didn't get The company cites an extraordinarily high demand on ticketing systems. It also said the cancellation is caused by an insufficient remaining ticket inventory with the demand that the sale will generate. It comes as investigations have been launched into Ticketmaster for its handling of the sale of tickets for Swift's The Eras Tour. 
it. Quentin Tarantino says he plans to shoot an eight-episode TV series next year. The Pulp Fiction director made the comment Wednesday night while promoting his new book at a New York event. He didn't offer any details about the project, but it would be his first TV work since directing two episodes of CSI back in 2005. In February, he was in talks to direct a revival of the FX series Justified. Tarantino's new book, Cinema Speculation, is out now. Class Entertainment, Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, Kyle Malin filling in today with Tony Cuthbert on the other side of the glass. I asked him to play a little Who, and uh, he did not uh, disappoint here. The Who has just great bumper music, I think. We might use it the rest of the morning, to be honest. And you know what? You could play you could play 11 more Who songs from The Who, and they would all be different, but they would all be great mm-hmm. bumper songs, every single one of them. It's just fantastic. Great band. Great band. Did you know they came out with an album in 2019 or 2020? With well, all the members or? Well, the two surviving members, okay. Pete Townsend and. Um, Daltrey. Yeah, Daltrey. Yeah. yeah. The two. Yeah. Because the other. Well, Keith Moon died a long time ago, but the uh, bass player that they had uh, died a few years ago, too. But um, yeah, those two still existing. Uh, yeah. Still around. Kicking out. Kicking out music. It was OK. The first couple songs were all right. Third one was kind of a dud, so I, I stopped. Seems, I pulled the plug on it. It's honestly like a band like that. Anything that they put out after stuff like this is probably going to be a disappointment, and it just doesn't have the same allure to download an album or do anything like that. It just it's different, different landscape. Different landscape, and then the voice changes. <laughs> I mean, people's voice change when it, when you're sixty some, seventy years old. Your your voice isn't the same anymore. So you can't really do this kind of rock out here. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, you, you got to kind of have a younger voice to pull off that kind of energy. And you, you don't have that energy when you're 68, 70 years old, you know. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot different type of sound. You it know? was the, always the thought behind, like, Led Zeppelin never playing anything really anymore because Robert Plant couldn't belt out that same, the same stuff he did with Led Zeppelin at the time. Even though Jimmy Page can still play guitar and John Paul Jones was alive and their drummer, of course, long, long gone, but... It was always a question: Can Led Zeppelin come back and do something? This never happened. No, no. It's not like um, you know Dylan could still can still play because he can. He has a a catalog of songs, and he just mumbles through them at concert <laughs> anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Or, or what about Gordon Lightfoot? I yeah. mean, there's another guy who could still play well into his seventies because his songs weren't high tempo, you know, hard charging like this. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more mellow, and so the voice was still able to carry. Neil Young is kind of the same way. You know, he's got a catalog of songs where he doesn't have to belt it out every time. So I guess the only band that still is around that still performs properly, in my opinion, would be the Rolling Stones. I mean, whenever they just did a tour last year around the world, and uh, they sound great. Is they still? Yeah. Oh, that's Mick, amazing. Mick Jagger sounds like he did 40 years ago. Still jumping around, too, yeah. isn't he? Still jumping around. <laughs> Man, I wonder what his workout routine is like. He's got to be doing something special. You know, we were talking the last segment here about uh, Twitter. Just a couple things also I wanted to to mention about this, and and this was bound to happen eventually. You know, one of the allures for Twitter was to get around the paywall. And uh, I, I hate that verbiage as somebody who's in media because 
we charge for content. I mean, that's how we pay our staff. That's how we make money. That's why we even exist. I mean, everybody exists in the free market to make money in order to make a living, right? That's the, that's the whole reason why you put out a product. No matter what you're doing, whatever your job is, your job is to provide a service or to provide some kind of product. And then people pay for that service or product, okay? So then when you get Twitter, that just takes everybody's product that they uh, you know, make money on and do a job in order to provide and just throw it out there for free, um, you know, it, it kind of it cheapens your product. So in the journalism field, Twitter has just routinely cheapened our product because we actually work for a living and we provide information and content. We've been doing this for hundreds of years. People bought, bought newspapers uh, on the corners once upon a time. You know, we had the, the kids who would uh, sell papers for five cents, 25 cents, whatever. And then eventually we had, you know, where we'd hand delivery, home delivery, or you'd still buy it at the store or, or street corners in the box or whatever. But the point is, is that people would pay for it. And when you had Twitter come around, Twitter just took people's content and allowed anybody just to take the content and just throw it out there for free. And so people didn't have to pay for content because they could just check their Twitter feed. And that's what folks, a lot of people do, is that they just go ahead and take a look at what other people have posted off of the hard work of somebody else. Well, now it looks like, now that Twitter has gotten way too big for itself, it, like anything else, has to make money. So how do you make money? Well, if you check your Twitter feed, it's by a lot of ads. Um, it has become very, very heavy on the ad side where you go through and every, I don't know, what do you say, Tony, fourth or fifth tweet is an ad? Something yeah, along yep. those lines? They're I'm just right there in your feed nonstop. Nonstop. Um, and now I see that we have, uh, they've decided that they're going to put a money element into this now. Now you can, now Twitter is charge is using or allowing users to charge their followers for access to additional content for four ninety nine a month. You can get a uh, a subscription to uh, you know whatever these special accounts here. So you can now you can just use it as a newsfeed. Well, now what is that like four ninety nine? Well, that's exactly like a paywall, which is the very thing that Twitter was trying to get around. So that newspapers that were actually trying to charge for digital content so they could keep the doors open and pay their staff could actually make some money. And now Twitter's doing the exact same thing because they realize that people will actually, gosh, how about that, pay for content like we've been doing for hundreds of years. So as you saw like the Detroit News or the Free Press or MLive, you know, at the very beginning, they would just let anybody just come onto their site and you could just read whatever you wanted to whenever you wanted to. Well, now they've decided that, geez, I guess all these garbage ads that we put at the bottom of these websites isn't paying for everything. It ain't paying for staff. It's not, it's not paying for the lights. It's not paying for anything. So they've actually had to charge people a subscription. Imagine that. And the, it's a reasonable subscription. It's what we always used to pay. Now Twitter... Which is trying to get a which has always been around to get a, get around this paywall is creating a paywall of its own that trust me will only expand uh, as it gets older and it gets more mature and then it will become eventually just like every other news outlet. 
The use of masks is once again being recommended by health officials as we get closer to the holidays. UCLA infectious disease specialist Dr. Annabelle de St. Marie says there's a rapidly spreading rise in cases due to two new subvariants of Omicron. Well, the pandemic is not over. We are still seeing a lot of COVID and other viruses as well. The CDC is recommending that everyone get the newest COVID shot, the bivalent booster, which is formulated to combat the newer variant. We're also being advised to consider taking a home COVID test before going to a holiday gathering. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is banning COVID vaccine mandates in public schools. The CDC is recommending that the shots be added to back-to-school requirements. But in a letter to Texas school superintendents, the Republican governor says parents have the ability to opt out of any vaccine. Health Update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. Hello. (laughs) Nice to see you. Hello. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you, you too. (laughs) So I've been in Austria a couple of hours, and I haven't seen a single kangaroo yet. Where would I go to see the Austrian kangaroos? Yeah, they're in Australia. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Oh, okay. So It's just Austria with the mountains. But I, I planned for this trip, so I'm curious, is, is there any, are we going to see Austrian rules football? Oh. <laughs> or what about Sorry, Foster's, that big oil can full of beer, Foster's, do you have that uh, in Foster's, Austria? Foster's, you're looking for Foster's. Yeah, no, that's here in Austria, yeah. right? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, you're wrong there. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to go to Australia, just Austria. So there's a difference between, uh, where's the, how far are we from the outback? That's here, isn't it? (laughs) Sorry? Isn't that here? The outback? No, it's not here, the outback. Oh. Just the mountains and the woods. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Anyway, we're in Vienna, which has a rich, rich history, and I'm not going to see kangaroos or the outback or the Sydney Opera House or any of that stuff. What will I see? Uh, You can see the Stephansdom, you can see the Prater and the Schönbrunn, the castle. And the zoo, if you want. And the Christmas markets, I'm and, told, are a very yeah. big thing at this time of year. Yeah. If you were, if we were to walk, if you were to walk us through a Christmas market, yeah. what would it be like? Um, sorry. Did what would think? it be like? What would the experience be like? The, the experience in a Christmas market, of course, you can drink punch. You have there any um, cookies, um, Christmas cookies, and anything. And for kids, are Sweet. Yeah. Ringelspiel and sweet and anything. Carousel. I mean, with ring, Ringelspiel is carousel. Do you sing the sound of music ever? Have you seen the movie? No. Do you like, the hills are alive. No? no Come on, sing with me. We know everybody. Everybody think about it. No, it's, no well, we'll sorry. Put a, we'll put a little Mozart behind this interview for us, but tell us the name of the restaurant where we can come and have what I had, which was... Is Gasthof zum Renner am Nusterferplatz in the 19th district. That's easy for you to say. Merry mm. Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. A massive lake effect storm has left at least 80 inches of snow on the ground in Buffalo and northwestern New York. 
Heavy snow bans off Lakes Erie and Ontario have been dropping as much as three inches of snow an hour since Thursday. Governor Kathy Hochul has declared a state of emergency in the Buffalo and Watertown areas. She's seeking federal help from the Biden administration. Colorado Springs is in mourning after a mass shooting late Saturday night that took the lives of five people and hurt 25 others. A performer at Club Q says for many LGBTQ plus people in the area, the club was an oasis and a place for them to be themselves. For a lot of people like myself, we don't have families, so LGBT people really need somewhere that is a safe space, and Club Q gave that to us. So far, only one of the five victims has been identified, Daniel Davis Aston, who was a bartender at Club Q. Many people honored the victims at a memorial with candles and flowers outside the venue last night. A candlelight vigil is set to take place tonight in Denver. California Representative Adam Schiff says Elon Musk letting former President Trump back on Twitter isn't a good decision. I think it's a terrible mistake, and you're absolutely right. As we showed in the January 6th hearings, the president used that platform to incite that attack on the Capitol. Uh, his comments about the vice president, his own vice president, put Mike Pence's life uh, in danger. Appearing on ABC's This Week, the California Democrat pushed back against the actions of the social media platform's new owner following the results of a community poll. Schiff said that Trump used Twitter to incite violence and risk the life of his own vice president. He also pointed out that Musk contradicted his own promise to establish a council to evaluate the decision. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. Tesla is announcing a major recall. Details from Scott Carr. Outspoken billionaire Elon Musk's electric car company said Saturday that more than 320,000 vehicles would be recalled over a taillight issue in some 2023 Model 3s and Model Ys produced in 2020 through 2023. The company says it's received no reports of related crashes. This on the heels of Tesla's recall of nearly 30,000 Model X cars over front passenger airbags not deploying correctly. Government data shows Tesla has made 19 U.S. recall campaigns just this year, covering more than 3.7 million vehicles. And cryptocurrency exchange FTX says it owes over $3 billion to its 50 biggest creditors. Filing for U.S. bankruptcy court protection, the exchange says about half of that amount alone goes to its top 10. Earlier this month, FTX filed for bankruptcy and CEO Sam Bankman-Fried stepped down. The crypto platform is also the subject of an investigation by the Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Tech Report, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, where we're continuing the Who theme today. Who is going to be on the other end of the line? Well, let's bring on the former Speaker of the House, Tom Leonard. How are you doing today, Tom? Hey, good morning. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. You don't object to the Who, do you? No, I just uh, I, I just can't believe you couldn't find anybody else to join you at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> I knew you'd be up. You're a, you're an early riser and a and a uh, and a hard driver. So appreciate you joining us here. Hey, um, we had John here the show because um, as a former attorney general candidate, always following what's going on in Republican politics. Uh, you put a column out for the Detroit Free Press, or you spoke rather to uh, Neil Rubin from the Detroit Free Press, where you talk about Donald Trump and his influence on these past elections. Uh, in the midterms where the Republicans didn't do very well here in the state of Michigan. What role do you believe um, Donald Trump played 
in the losses that we saw? Well, when you look at here in Michigan, I mean, certainly Donald Trump, at least this cycle, he has incredible influence when it comes to Republican primaries. And what he did here was, is he endorsed some fatally flawed candidates who simply couldn't perform in November. I mean, we saw an attorney general candidate that lost by nearly 10 points. We saw a secretary of state candidate that lost, I think, by nearly 15. Neither could raise money. Neither could unite the party. Uh, you know, the influence was there in terms of his endorsements, but he couldn't win. He couldn't produce. They couldn't produce in November. That is a problem for Republicans in Michigan. So, and now, obviously, you ran against Matt DiPerno, who was Trump-endorsed, who did end up becoming the nominee. And some could say, well, uh, Tom, you're just kind of sour grapes because the uh, grassroots of the party decided to go another direction. No, this is about looking forward and understanding that if our party does not change course, if we do not start uniting, if we do not start nominating candidates that can unite this party, can bring forth a positive message, and can raise money to win in November, uh, this party is going to be doomed. I believe we can do this, but people have to start start speaking out about how this party needs to move forward. You know, one of the things that we saw after the election, and uh, something that Ed Zarpolis uh, over at Target Insight shared with us immediately afterwards, was the number of Republican-leaning independents that stayed home during this last midterm election. He said approximately 216,000 Republican-leaning independents stayed home. They didn't vote. And that's, that's the, um, uh, that, those are numbers that could have influenced the results. He says the problem was not getting out the base, that Tudor Dixon and the rest of the candidates on the Republican side brought home the hardcore or the hardcore. It's these Republican-leaning independents who were repelled from the message, to your point. Oh, absolutely. And I have not seen those numbers, but my goodness, if you had had over 200,000 Republican-leaning independents showing up uh, a couple Tuesdays ago, House Republicans would probably have a five- or six-seat majority right now. Um, Senate Republicans would probably have a two- to three-seat majority. I mean, that would have made a huge difference and something we certainly need to look at going forward. So who does attract these Republican independents? As you're looking um, looking at, I guess, the field of uh, potential gubernatorial candidates, um, who could the Republicans had put up that would have brought out these Republican-leaning independents? I mean, I'd argue you would have been uh, somebody who could have appealed to this group of people and got them excited to vote. Well, I, I will tell you, I appreciate the comment, but the the one that I would have loved to have seen, and I know she's going to hate me for saying this because uh, she had no interest, but certainly was Candace Miller. I believe if Republicans could have gotten her to run, she would be the, the, the governor-elect right now, and Republicans would have a very comfortable majority both in the House and the Senate. And like you said, the Macomb County uh, Public Works Director, who was a former member of Congress, former Secretary of State, she uh, was approached and said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. But I mean, there had to be somebody else out there. I guess that's kind of the point. There, there had to be somebody else out there who could have attracted folks like Rick Snyder did in 2010 or um, like uh, John Engler did prior to that. Uh, somebody who could have um, capitalized on the fact that Gretchen Whitmer had, has really kind of had polarized the state at that point. Um, half the people liked her. Half the people didn't like her. 
And if there had been an alternative, uh, she was vulnerable. Well, and Kyle, I think we can sit here and we can discuss and we can look at individuals that may or may not have performed better at the top of the ticket. But the bottom line is this. We've got to start looking at this party in the direction overall. I have said this very clearly. This was a party that was not only broke in terms of not being able to fundraise. It's a party that is broken right now. It is a party that is divided. You've got these divisions across county GOPs across the state. You have a party that could not raise resources. You have a party who selected a secretary of state candidate who essentially said that women that are performing yoga are performing a satanic ritual. You had a Republican gubernate, or excuse me, uh, candidate for attorney general that spent over a year demonizing other Republicans and then was shocked when he could not raise money. This is a party that needs to unite. They need to come, uh, go forward with a positive vision. They need new leadership. So we can sit here and talk about the top of the ticket, but the party overall right now is not only broke, it's broken, and they need to get together, they need to unite, and they have to have a positive vision moving forward. Can Matt DiPerno be that person? Absolutely not. Okay. So he, you would not support him running, or you would not support him as he runs for state party chair? Uh, this was a candidate, again, I don't think he could raise or I don't think he did raise a million dollars for his attorney general run. And whoever is going to be the next state party chair is going to have to raise between 30 and 40 million dollars. We need somebody leading this party that can unite this party and can, ra- and can raise the resources necessary to ensure that our candidates are successful in November. He's shown it's not going to be him. Do you think Donald Trump could win in 2024? With his president's run? If if Donald Trump's the nominee, I absolutely do believe he could still win. Yes, I do. You do? When you look at the the state of the country right now, I mean, Joe Biden has been the absolute worst president in my lifetime and got to be one of the top few in the history of our state in terms of of being the worst. I mean, you look at inflation right now, 40-year high. You look at an economy on the rocks. You look at his disastrous Afghanistan pullout. The list goes on. Uh, certainly, whoever the Republican nominee is can win uh, in 24. However, I think there are others like Ron DeSantis that give us a much better chance of winning. And I don't want to take any chances. I want to nominate, nominate the person who we know can win in 24. I just saw something here on Miss um, uh, um, uh, Nikki Haley, a former U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom, addressing a potential 2024 run. Excuse me. What do you think about Nikki Haley? She says she's never lost an election before. Uh, well, certainly another one that can uh, uh, win in 24. I think she'd be a strong candidate. Again, for me personally, I want to look towards a governor like Ron DeSantis, somebody who has shown that they can, uh, they, they, they've been able to govern the last four years, somebody who just took a purple state in Florida and won it by 20 percent and uh, certainly didn't moderate. Uh, he was one that st- has stuck to his principles. He has been a strong leader and, again, won that state by 20 percent because this is somebody who has a positive vision going forward. I think that's the type of leader that we need to look at. But, again, going into 24, uh, certainly if it's Nikki Haley at the top of the ticket and even if it's Donald Trump, I believe Republicans still can win. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Tom Leonard, former Speaker of the House. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. 
But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors, however, whenever, and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more, giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, or a broken spirit, Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health, even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Have you ever considered being a school bus driver or attending on a bus to help students? Now is the perfect time. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling, and a sign-on bonus, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now at DeanJobs.com and start your paid training. Head to DeanJobs.com. Fly Lansing nonstop to Orlando on Avello Airlines and enjoy Florida sunshine in no time. Fly from Lansing's Capital Region International Airport and enjoy affordable parking, hassle-free check-in, and short security lines. Starting October 26th, say hello to Avello with nonstop flights from Lansing to Orlando International Airport. Book your trip today at aveloair.com. That's A-V-E-L-O-Air.com. And fly Lansing. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley is addressing a potential 2024 presidential run. Speaking at the Republican Jewish Coalition Conference in Las Vegas this weekend, Haley said she's going to look at it in a serious way and will have more to say soon. Federal criminal investigations against a former president bring unique concerns. The case against a former president obviously would be extraordinary. We raise uh, unique concerns, and so I would hope that Merrick Garland and his team uh, would be very careful about scrutinizing that evidence, not just checking the box, but making sure that they're prepared to stand behind the decision that they make. That's according to former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Appearing on CBS Face the Nation, he pointed out there were multiple levels of issues that the Department of Justice needs to consider in its investigations of former President Trump. And the U.S. men's national team kicks off its 2022 FIFA World Cup today. Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, filling in today. The editor of the MERS newsletter, Tony Cuthbert, on the other side of the glass. So here's something new that we haven't had in the state of Michigan. The governor opting to pardon a turkey. Now, we've heard about this on the, uh, the federal level. Obviously, presidents have been pardoning turkeys for years and years, but... Governors also have the ability to pardon individuals or commute a sentence. And uh, Governor Whitmer has decided that she's going to adopt this practice. And today at 2.30 at some sanctuary somewhere in the Lansing area, I don't know exactly where this is, she is going to be pardoning a turkey. And uh, 
uh, Angela Whitworth, state representative, who's going to be the next appropriations chair, uh, will be there as well, or is at least uh, scheduled to be there. Jimmy Green is um, uh, the CEO and president of the Associated Builders and Contractors. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think about uh, pardoning a turkey? I think she should pardon um, our contractors from prevailing wage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great segue. Uh, maybe we can ask that. If you pardon this turkey, are you also going to right, pardon right. the members of ABC and uh, protect them from prevailing right. wage? No I, turkey should have to pay more than they have to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's uh, committed to that. I've I've heard Probably the uh, I've heard the interviews that uh, she's given about. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, repeat or bringing back uh, or repealing right to work and bringing back prevailing wage, and she certainly is not uh, closing the door to either. That's got to make you a bit nervous, right? Well, you know, it, it's an expected uh, response considering they won the election and I mean they took the House and Senate. You know, you always prepare for what ifs, and the what if in this particular case is if they won majorities that this would certainly be on the chopping block. It, you know, and then you prepare for it, and uh, quite frankly, for us. It's an opportunity to meet with alliances and coalitions uh, to hold the governor uh, responsible for some of the verbiage she's put out about money she's given to attract businesses here in Michigan. You know, is she creating an environment for that to happen, or is she basically uprooting all the all the foundations to make Michigan a more attractive place to bring new business in? So, and those things that we're talking about right now are not just ABC issues; they are obviously economic issues, and they certainly apply to anybody considering the cost of doing business in Michigan. Well, one question I've got here, though, is um, the Republicans will win again at some point, and they're going to take over the legislature and the governor's office at some point, whether it's this decade or next decade. And what Mm -hmm. if they they decide to once again reverse whatever the Democrats do here and decide (laughs) to uh, bring back right to work or uh, get rid of Mm -hmm. prevailing wage again? Uh, to what detriment is it to the state to keep seesawing back and forth on this type of labor policy? I think you and I are on the same page here. I, I don't think that's an environment conducive to anybody when your taxes, how you do business, what you pay for business, how you attract employees is basically left to the fortunes of elections, every election cycle. Who would want that? I mean, nobody would want that. At some point, Michigan is Michigan is clearly demonstrated as the purple state. And to me, in my opinion, it's about purple policy. Uh, we have not yet uh, gotten to that point. But if Michigan ever created, and it means that they're going to lose on our side, we're going to lose on their side. And at the end of the day, everybody loses something. It's the old Ronald Reagan principle, you know, when you've got some of something as opposed to all or nothing, then that means everybody wins. And I think we got to get to more purple public policy and not this back and forth, this seesaw on on uh, on politics. And that's a, really, to me, the separation here is we tend to play politics here in the state of Michigan and and we play too little public policy. So is there some common ground? Is there some perfect purple policy that could be sure. created as it relates to prevailing wage? I think so. I mean, for example, you know, we had talked when Governor Snyder was in office uh, and this, the labor, quite frankly, they pushed this to uh, to their detriment. But we felt like if you could take uh, prevailing wage off, say, uh, schools and libraries or, you know, municipal buildings, but it was applied to some other aspect of construction, that would be a happy medium, which means that we wouldn't be and they wouldn't be. So that means for taxpayers in particular, there is a medium in there. 
uh, but they didn't want they didn't want to go that route. So ultimately, we went the all or nothing as opposed to the summer something. So that was not an ABC issue. We actually tried to come to the table with a happy medium, and I got rejected. But those are the kind of purple policies I'm talking about that ultimately I may wind up taking root somewhere. Uh, real quickly, Jimmy, for our listeners sure. who are not familiar with prevailing wage, just can you give us just the quick what that is? Essentially, what, what happens with prevailing wage is that the government determines what you pay employees to do construction work. That's as simple as it gets. And we believe in a free market where the employer uh, and the employee can determine what wage is sufficient without the sacrifice of quality, timeliness, or anything of the, uh, of the uh, uh, constraints that uh, go into construction. Jimmy Green, he's the CEO and president of the Associated Builders and Contractors here in the state of Michigan. Also, a University of Michigan football fan. That was a little bit of a nail biter. It looks like you guys got a field goal kicker, unlike Michigan State. MVP. (laughs) Were you a little nervous there, though? I was scared to death. I was actually at the game, too, and I, they they just have the terrible first start in the in the first half. They are god awful all year, and it's going to catch up to them if we don't improve on by this on Saturday. If you were in Those Ohio, guys, yeah, well, you know that Ohio State game. I was listening to the end of that, and uh, Maryland kept it close. They had a they had a slight chance there at the end, but um, uh, the uh, the defensive touchdown to end it uh, made the score look kind of lopsided. But it wasn't a lopsided game at all. So Ohio State is certainly beatable. Well, let me just say this. I ain't afraid of no Buckeye. <laughs> <laughs> you, won't, you won't watch what uh, Ohio State did to Michigan State as a gauge, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Our guys will play, needless to say, but you got to have all things come together. And we got to get J.J. out of that pocket a little bit more and a little more, con- a little more crisp on some of those passes. Yeah, well, on the basketball front, Tony Cuthbert was watching uh, the uh, – the Wolverines almost blow it to an Ohio school, Ohio U. It took overtime to beat a one and two team. Not exactly a, a beautiful game, in my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah. wins a win, I guess. Well, Michigan State won also this weekend, and uh, so that's two and zero for the Michigan schools on the hoops. Starting route to top ten state status. Proceed to the plan. The road to top ten plan from business leaders from Michigan charts a course for Michigan's growth with key landmarks along the way. Turn right to compete for good jobs. Like bringing quality jobs to Michigan, investing in education and job training, rebuilding our infrastructure, and more. And if we follow the plan... You have reached your destination. Top 10 state status. Read the full plan at michigansroadtotop10.com. Get more for your money this Thanksgiving at Meyer. Set the table with Meyer Grade A frozen turkey for 55 cents per pound, limit two. Then save with everyday low prices on sides like Meyer stuffing mix and Meyer broth. A five pound bag of russet potatoes for 99 cents. And Pillsbury crescents and pie crust, buy three, get two free. Plus, get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Let's start with football. The Chiefs rally to beat the Chargers in L.A. Bills playing in Detroit due to the snowstorm in Buffalo. Held on to beat the Browns at Ford Field. Improved to 7-3 and three on the season. Vikings held to just three points. Kirk Cousins sacked seven times. They were crushed by the Cowboys, ending their seven-game win streak. Jalen Hurts scored a go-ahead eight-yard touchdown run with just a minute and 20 seconds remaining in the game to get the Eagles a win over the Colts. Bears holding their breath as quarterback Justin Fields suffered an injury to his non-throwing shoulder in their last drive. 
as they lost to the Falcons. The Nets beat the Grizzlies behind Kevin Durant's team high 26, while Kyrie Irving added 14 in his return after serving an eight-game suspension for harmful impact of his conduct. Klay Thompson dropped in a game-high 41, including 10 threes to lead the Warriors over the Rockets for their first win on the road this season. That's sports. Ronza Moss, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I believe that it is conversations like this that we're having. So I'm grateful for this opportunity with your excellent show and its wide reach for us to talk directly to people and let them know. So hear your voices. Let's say this is enough and let's get this done. Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Alrighty, Kyle, let's take a look at sports brought to you by Dean Transportation. And, of course, we start with the NFL as the Lions celebrating their first three-game winning streak since 2017 all over the Giants, 31-18 to at MetLife Stadium. The star of the show, Jamal Williams, carrying the ball 17 times, 64 yards. It's not the best average, but he found the end zone three times. That's all that matters. DeAndre Swift decided to show up. He ran for a touchdown, and believe it or not, your Lions are second in the NFC North at 4-6, and six, and they have a date on Thanksgiving with none other than the Buffalo Bills, who were winners yesterday, by the way, at Ford Field. They beat the Browns 31-23, to sold out Ford Field, mind you, and the Bills Mafia showed up in force. I saw a bunch of pictures and videos online yesterday. They were tailgating at Comerica Park, and you could see, you know, those big tigers, the sculptures and all of that. And they were jumping and throwing one another through tables like they always do. <laughs> and then they would take the table that had been discarded and throw it into the uh, like bushes by Comerica Park. <laughs> it was some atmosphere. I wish I would have been there, but I watched it from the confines of uh, the man cave, actually. Uh, staying with the uh, NFL and some games of note, the Falcons over the Bears 27-24. to The Bears just cannot figure it out. The Saints over the Rams 27-20. to now, once again, I'll point it out. The Lions have the first-round pick of the Rams. The Lions might not be in terms of uh, trying to lose so they can get a better pick because we have somebody doing that for us right now. Thank you very much, Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. You won the title last year, so I guess it's okay. Shocking result in Minneapolis yesterday. The co- This game was t- it was Dallas 3, Minnesota 3. All right? And then the Cowboys went on to score 37 unanswered. 40-3 to was your final on that one. Sunday night football, the Chiefs 30, uh, Chargers 27. Monday night football tonight will take place in Mexico City. San Francisco 49ers versus the Arizona Cardinals. College football, Michigan 19-17 over Illinois. Now the matchup on Saturday high noon in Columbus. Ohio State is... On the menu, both teams are 11-0, and the Buckeyes right now, if you look at the Vegas odds, are favored by nine. Do we know what time that game's supposed to be? Michigan-Ohio State? Yeah. Always at noon, my man. Always at noon. Always that, at noon. Isn't that prime uh, Christmas tree cutting time, though? You're supposed to, if we're going to follow this correctly, you always cut the tree down on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, to get the best. I just got to inform you on that. Anyways, that's brought to you by Dean Transportation. This is Michigan's Big Show. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. 
former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley is addressing a potential 2024 presidential run. Speaking at the Republican Jewish Coalition Conference in Las Vegas this weekend, Haley said she's going to look at it in a serious way and will have more to say soon. Federal criminal investigations against a former president bring unique concerns. The case against a former president obviously would be extraordinary. We raise uh, unique concerns, and so I would hope that Mayor Garland and his team uh, would be very careful about scrutinizing that evidence, not just checking the box, but making sure that they're prepared to stand behind the decision that they make. That's according to former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Appearing on CBS Face the Nation, he pointed out there were multiple levels of issues that the Department of Justice needs to consider in its investigations of former President Trump. And the U.S. men's national team kicks off its 2022 FIFA World Cup today. Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. We're watching cold air and winter weather across the country for today. Buffalo and the uh, Great Lakes area, you're going to see some lake effect snow causing uh, very serious uh, wind conditions, winter conditions now for the uh, Buffalo area along the lake area up into Michigan as well. Parts of northern Wisconsin, you're going to see severe accumulations of snow this weekend, but you will see a little bit of it start today. Very cold temperatures across the upper Midwest. Temperatures only in the teens to upper 20s across Minneapolis and Chicago. 31 in St. Louis, uh, 28 in Kansas City. We'll see temperatures in the 20s for the Dakotas. Uh, the uh, upper northwest, you're going to see cold air as well with temperatures in the 20s and 30s across uh, uh, Wyoming and Montana into Idaho. Uh, the northeast should look pretty good today with some partly sunny skies, temperatures in the 40s, but the colder weather is coming your way for the weekend. That's your national weather forecast. George Brown, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden says Americans cannot and must not tolerate hate. In a White House statement, he condemned the deadly weekend shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Five people were killed and at least 18 were injured when a man opened fire around midnight at Club Q. Noting the deadly mass shooting at an Orlando nightclub that claimed the lives of 49 people in 2016, the president said the U.S. must drive out the inequities that contribute to violence against LGBTQ people. Former Vice President Mike Pence appears to be taking a softer stance on two federal criminal investigations involving former President Trump. Well, I, I don't know if it is criminal to listen to bad advice. from. Appearing on NBC's Meet the Press, Pence stated that while no one is above the law, he hoped the Department of Justice would give careful consideration before the agency continues its investigations. He also questioned if it was a crime on Trump's part to listen to bad advice from a lawyer. Vice President Kamala Harris is in the Philippines today. Harris met with President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. in Manila, where she reaffirmed America's commitment to the defense of the Southeast Asian country. The talks are also aimed at strengthening economic ties. It comes after Harris's visit to Thailand over the weekend, where she attended an event focused on climate change. Former Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley is addressing a potential 2024 presidential run. Chris Caraggio has more. Speaking at the Republican Jewish Coalition Conference in Las Vegas this weekend, Haley said she is going to look at it in a serious way and will have more to say soon. The former governor of South Carolina said that she has won tough GOP primaries and general elections as the underdog, and it was always fun when she is underestimated. Haley noted she has never lost an election. I'm Chris Caraggio. And Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, remains the top movie in the U.S. and Canada, bringing in another $67 million in its second weekend in North America's theaters. 
You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. President Biden says relief is on the way for Americans thanks to the laws that he has signed. What I'm most excited about is that people are starting to see the impact of these legislative achievements in their own lives. We're just getting started. In remarks before meeting with business and labor leaders on Friday, Biden claimed inflation is beginning to slow and gas prices are decreasing. He said Americans at the beginning of the new year will start to see the results from his several measures that he signed, including the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes capping the price of insulin for seniors on Medicare. However, Biden acknowledged it will take some time to bring inflation down to normal levels. The Biden administration notifying those who are approved for federal student loan relief. While the future of the relief is up in the air as lower courts block the program nationally, the Department of Education began sending emails on Saturday to those who were approved. The email goes over the legal issues that have kept the administration from fully removing the debt, explaining that it will be wiped if and when we prevail in court. More Americans feeling the financial strain going into the holiday season due to inflation. A recent poll from financial services company Lending Club found 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That's an increase from the 56% who said so last year. The survey also found 59% of those living paycheck to paycheck had issues paying their monthly bills and saw significant price increases for their utility bills over the past year. A separate survey found about half of shoppers plan to buy fewer items this year due to high prices. Carvana laying off 1,500 employees after its stock fell dramatically. According to an internal message obtained by CNBC, CEO Ernie Garcia cited concerns about the company's long-term performance and the economy with higher financing costs. And Wall Street closed higher on Friday, capping a volatile week. Stocks rallied then fell back in late trading as investors eyed the latest earnings reports. Concerns about tough language from the Federal Reserve weighed on markets. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 199 points to 33,745. The S&P 500 rose 18 points to 39.65. The Nasdaq added one point to 11.146. Consumer and Business News, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Let's start with football. The Chiefs rallied to beat the Chargers in L.A. Bills playing in Detroit due to the snowstorm in Buffalo. Held on to beat the Browns at Ford Field, improved to 7-3 and three on the season. Vikings held to just three points. Kirk Cousins sacked seven times. They were crushed by the Cowboys, ending their seven-game win streak. Jalen Hurts scored a go-ahead eight-yard touchdown run with just a minute and 20 seconds remaining in the game to get the Eagles a win over the Colts. Bears holding their breath as quarterback Justin Fields suffered an injury to his non-throwing shoulder in their last drive as they lost to the Falcons. The Nets beat the Grizzlies behind Kevin Durant's team high 26, while Kyrie Irving added 14 in his return after serving an eight-game suspension for harmful impact of his conduct. Clay Thompson dropped in a game-high 41, including 10 threes to lead the Warriors over the Rockets for their first win on the road this season. That's sports. Ronza Moss, NBC News Radio. We're watching cold air and winter weather across the country for today. Buffalo and the uh, Great Lakes area, you're going to see some lake effect snow causing a very serious uh, wind conditions, winter conditions now for the Uh, Buffalo area along the lake area up into Michigan as well. Parts of northern Wisconsin, you're going to see severe accumulations of snow this weekend, but you will see a little bit of it start today. Very cold temperatures across the upper Midwest. Temperatures only in the teens to upper 20s across Minneapolis and Chicago. 31 in St. Louis, uh, 28 in Kansas City. We'll see temperatures in the 20s for the Dakotas. Uh, The uh, upper northwest, you're going to see cold air as well with temperatures in the 20s and 30s across uh, 
uh, Wyoming and Montana into Idaho. Uh, the northeast should look pretty good today with some partly sunny skies, temperatures in the 40s, but the colder weather is coming your way for the weekend. That's your national weather forecast. George Brown, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, presented by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan, and Blue Care Network. I'm producer and creative director, Tony Cuthbert. This is meteorologist John McMurray. Now in the shadow of the Capitol Dome in Lansing, he's heard from the beaches of Lake Michigan to the halls of power and behind closed doors, here's Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Michael Patrick Shields is on the air. Good morning, world. Good morning, Michigan. I'm Kyle Mullen, editor of the MERS newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today. Tony Cuthbert on the other side of the glass, and uh, we're going to continue the conversation here with Linda Lee Tarver. She is the president of Tarver Consulting, former Michigan Civil Rights Commissioner, and also she ran for the State Board of Education. She's joining us on the other end of the line. Good morning, Linda Lee. Hi, Kyle, and thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad you were able to make it here. Now, I had you on because uh, we just had former President Donald Trump announce that he is going to run for president in 2024, and my understanding is that you were in Mar-a-Lago to see this live and in person. Yes, I was delighted and honored to be invited there as part of the Black Voices for Trump in 2020, and um, they invited me to attend this announcement, and I was so happy and delighted. Now, was your husband Clint uh, able to come as well? Yes, he was also uh, allowed to attend, and we enjoyed ourselves at Mar-a-Lago with uh, many, almost a thousand people. So it was really a wonderful event. Now I understand uh, Representative Matt Maddock was there. Uh, Michonne Maddox, the co-chair of the Michigan Republican Party, was there as well. Did you see anybody else from Michigan that you recognized? I did not see. It was a large room, and you know where we were sitting and standing, it was. Um, very exciting, but I did not see any other members from the Michigan delegation there. So for our listeners, uh, obviously there's only been a few folks who have gotten to go to Mar-a-Lago. Just kind of give us your impressions. What is it like? What what does it look like? Kind of paint a picture for us. Well, it's, it's painted in gold. I mean, it's very attractive. There are three segments to Mar-a-Lago. There's this a great hall. It is what people have seen on the announcement, and there is the club setting. It's a a country club, a private club setting. It has a nice, lovely pool. It has um, basically a hotel of lights. It has beautiful rooms, very unique and decorated rooms, similar to the Mackinac Island, the the Grand Hotel Hmm. on Mackinac Island. They have very unique and different rooms that are set there and uh, event space for the members and private clubs and dinner and lunch and breakfast there. And then there's the residence for President Trump, which is also set there. They have event spaces outdoors. They have um, a golf course, of course. And it is a beautiful, beautiful property. How many times have you been there? 
Um, this is my third third time okay. at Marilaco. Now, have you ever had FaceTime with the president? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What? What? Tell us about that. What's that like? And what is he like in person? So I've had the pleasure of meeting him prior to becoming president and having a conversation to with him and FaceTime with him after he was um, elected president and serving in office. So I've been very blessed coming from Lansing, Michigan, and, and um, you know, just being engaged in politics. The best time to meet someone is to meet them while they're running. You can get FaceTime. You can get close. You can get, you know, your your issues out there. And so I've met him face-to-face and had conversations with him more than five or six times. And um, I've actually, Clint and I have actually stayed at Mar-a-Lago. And, um, but I have had the pleasure of meeting with him. And he's a very nice man. He's a very um, nice man. He's an older gentleman who is was raised right, I would say. He'll pull out a chair. He'll... You know, it, it is very nice as far as meeting with him, and he's very intelligent, and he's very clear on his messaging, even in private, what he wants to do. So his conversation in terms of his vision and what he wants to see and the um, Republican platform that he wants to implement in terms of policies that work, he's very consistent. Now, are you going to— I'm sorry, Linda Lee. So, I, no, go ahead. so are you going to be uh, supporting him as he runs in 2024? I imagine you were there, but I just want to make clear. Are you going to Absolutely. be? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I wanted to share with in, with you and your listeners is that I was supporting uh, Marco Rubio initially, but I never went on the, the ledge and tried to take down a Republican candidate. And I won't do that in 2024. I have set my sights on Donald J. Trump doing what he did in 2016 and bringing back, you know, a prosperous nation, closing our border and taking us out of a recession that we will eventually be in, energy independence and the like. But I certainly will not dog any other Republican candidate that may choose to run and may, you know, get the nomination. I believe that President Trump at this point uh, has done the work and the heavy lifting and has a track record of prosperity. My 401k loved him. We are losing money under this current administration. And I believe that, you know, this person that we're, that I was cheering on personally is a very good man to be able to do what America needs to do for our prosperity and for our families. And But anyone who throws their hat in and wins the election or the nomination for the Republican Party, I would certainly have the same support for mm-hmm. and vigor for for 2024. Let's uh, let's go a little closer to home and a little sooner. Uh, the next item on the agenda for Michigan Republicans is to pick, pick a next chair and uh, Matt DiPerno, who was the attorney general nominee, has already thrown his hat in. He said he'd like to do it. We had Tom Leonard on the show earlier, and he had concerns about Matt DiPerno's ability to raise money as a party chair. Uh, 
do you share the same concerns and who would you like to see as a chair candidate? Well, right now I am staying neutral with respect to Republicans who want to lead our state and GOP. I am um, supportive of candidates. Again, I'm supportive of candidates uh, who want to run. It is very difficult to run and the delegates will make that selection. I'm not concerned about a balanced ticket, someone who is a co-chair, let's say, who will be able to uh, raise the money and raise awareness. We do need to um, have new leadership, but we also need to make sure that we are supporting um, our local county parties and getting those organized. Those are very important as well. But I'm I, I will not raise concerns about any of our candidates. I think we are supposed to be able to help them, similar to at the national level. All right. Well, thank you for your input, and thanks for being on the show. Linda Lee Tarver, uh, she is a former Board of Education candidate and a former Civil Rights Commissioner, a Republican activist. Have you ever considered being a school bus driver or attending on a bus to help students? Now is the perfect time. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling, and a sign-on bonus, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now at DeanJobs.com and start your paid training. Head to DeanJobs.com. We can't see tomorrow, but we can hear it. Tomorrow sounds like hydrogen being added to natural gas to make it more sustainable. It sounds like solar panels generating thousands of megawatts. And it sounds like carbon being captured and stored, keeping it out of our atmosphere. We've been bridging to a sustainable energy future for more than 20 years. Because what we do today helps ensure tomorrow is on. Enbridge. Life takes energy. Fly Lansing nonstop to Orlando on Avello Airlines and enjoy Florida sunshine in no time. Fly from Lansing's Capital Region International Airport and enjoy affordable parking, hassle-free check-in, and short security lines. Starting October 26th, say hello to Avello with nonstop flights from Lansing to Orlando International Airport. Book your trip today at AvelloAir.com. That's A-V-E-L-O-Air.com. And fly Lansing. Beat the summer heat and the winter cold with a new carrier high-efficiency comfort system installed by Doty Mechanical. Doty Mechanical is your preferred carrier factory-authorized dealer, installing and servicing carrier products in mid-Michigan for over 30 years. With carrier cool cash and utility rebates, save money and energy at the same time. Call Doty Mechanical today at 327-7777 for your free estimate. For heating and cooling, the names to know, Doty Mechanical and Carrier, turn to the experts. Tickets for Garth Brooks Las Vegas Residency go on sale today. It'll be Ticketmaster's first major test using its verified fan program since last week's Taylor Swift ticket sale debacle. Fans selected to take part in the Brooks sale were told the sale times for the 27 shows will be staggered in an effort to manage wait times for fans. 
Today's show weather anchor, Al Roker, is in the hospital. The Emmy Award winner has been absent for two weeks now. Friday revealed he has been hospitalized due to blood clots in his leg and lungs. He said he's getting terrific medical care and thanked fans for their support, saying he hopes to be back on the air soon. It was another golden year for the 50th American Music Awards. On Sunday, Taylor Swift took home the coveted Artist of the Year Award along with five other trophies. Lionel Richie was honored for his unparalleled ability to masterfully blend a variety of music from pop to country and took home the Icon Award. As for Bad Bunny, he won favorite male Latin artist and favorite Latin album. Beyonce won both favorite female R&B artist and favorite R&B album for her latest effort, Renaissance. And Kanye West is back on Twitter less than 24 hours after the platform's new owner, Elon Musk, said he had reinstated several other suspended accounts, including former President Trump. West had been locked out following a violation of the platform's policies. Well, that's entertainment. Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio. Michigan, can you hear me? This is Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick, Michigan's big show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, Tony Cuthbert. On the other side of the glass, this was uh, this was one of their better albums, wasn't it, Tommy? I don't know this song. Oh, no, no, no. Tommy was the, the uh, title track out of one of their big concept albums that oh. they did. Yeah, no, no, this is, yeah, single, as far as a single, it wasn't a very popular single, but it was, it uh, was part of a whole concept album that was very popular in the early 70s. Got it. Thank you for the music history. That's your music history, free of charge, what limited knowledge I know of the Who. Behind the music. So, as we continue with the Who, who is on the other end of our line now? Well, it is State Representative Angela Whitwer from Delta Township. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Kyle. I'm well, thank you. Do you like The Who? I actually am not in love with The Who. You're not. Be- before me. It's okay. I went to see them um, on a tour once, but no. I'm a big music fan, though. Yeah, well, that's okay. You know, that's why I like That's why I like you. You're always honest with me. <laughs> you were going to tell me you liked them just to pacify me, just because I, I happen to like them, and I'm in a Who mood right now. No, I'm not one of pacify people (laughs) (laughs) who do you so so tell me who you do like i'm from i i like old-fashioned classic rock like i love sticks i'm a lover of that kind i love queen my husband just took me to see them with uh um, adam lambert a few years ago when i first got elected oh adam lambert yeah i remember him he was great he was he was really good he played freddie in queen and it was really great and but you don't like the who that's amazing no it's it, it's just right before me so i'm not a big who fan yeah oh well all right so <laughs> anyway first of all we got to congratulate you on your appointment you are going to be the next appropriations chair in the state house so congratulations for, uh, to you for that thank you so it's a great honor and for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, what does the Appropriations Committee do in the State House? We actually are uh, the people that are involved in the budget. We do the budget for the state of Michigan. Now, how does one become the Appropriations Chair? In my case, it was from working very hard as the um, campaign chair 
in helping uh, our new um, Speaker of the House flip the House blue. And so the Democrats are going to be in charge of the state House and the state Senate in the uh, 23-24 session. And so as chair of the Appropriations Committee, as you said, you will be in charge of uh, putting together budgets. How do you how do you kind of see the um, that your your uh, tenure going? How do you hope to run this committee? I'm just now we're just now putting together the committee on committees and um putting people in charge of all the subcommittees, which are the line items of the budget. And I see us continuing our work with the governor on infrastructure, um, affordable health care, and education. I'm sure we'll look at some things for um, sub, you know, sub line items like behavioral health. But um, right now we're putting together good people in of the different line items of the budget and working together as a team to come up with um, priorities with the governor. And uh, something else that's that's actually very noteworthy for folks who are listening on WJIM here in uh, the uh, city of Lansing, Lansing is going to be very well represented when it comes to leadership in um, the state legislature, yourself as the uh, House Appropriations Chair, but over in the Senate, Sarah Anthony, who is a current state representative, will be a state senator from Lansing. She's going to be the Senate Appropriations Chair, and Sam Singh, who is a state senator-elect, is going to be the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, so these are very high-profile positions, all from people from the Lansing area. What what should we make of that? That's a high honor there. It is. We've all worked very hard. Um, all of us are very close. Sam was the leader for the House Democrats when um, Rep. Anthony and I came into the House, and I, Sarah will actually be my senator, so it'll be very nice. It's a very close group of people. We'll be able to get a lot of really good work done together. All of us have walked doors tirelessly, have raised money, and have worked very hard to um, do good things for the for the people of Michigan. What does it mean to have a good relationship, or, or how important is it? Let, let me put it that way. How important is it to have a good relationship uh, with uh, the appropriations chair on the other end of the Capitol? Uh, I would think it's really important, and fortunately, uh, because we are so close in proximity, we are, and so we can get together and. Um, it, it'd be very easy for me to walk into her office or her into my office um, because of our relationships. So we've already talked about um, getting together and doing something um, with the people in Lansing socially, doing a reception together. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's probably very good. One and of, any always good, the strength of your team is always the best thing. Just taking a look ahead here, we've got $6 billion on the balance sheet uh, for the state of Michigan. Um, I mean, you could take a look at this and say, my goodness, this is a spending spree waiting to happen or, or tax cuts uh, galore. Kind of where, where are you? Uh, we only got a minute left, but just kind of roughly, how are you kind of envisioning how this is going to go with $6 billion on the balance sheet? Well, we just won in a little over a week ago, so None of that has been talked about yet. I would envision that there would be a lot of conversations between um, myself, the team of appropriations chairs, the speaker, and the governor's office, along with Sarah and her team. So I would 
that's where I envision it. I know there'll be a focus on the important things that um, Michigan has been committed to investing in, like I talked about earlier with infrastructure and education. Well, she is going to be in charge of uh, divvying up that money, how that's going to be spent, how it's going to be saved, if there's going to be some kind of tax uh, uh, rollback or anything like that. Uh, as the new chair of the House Appropriations Committee, Angela Wilwer, thank you so much for being on Michigan's Big Show this morning. Thank you. And uh, Tony's going to play some Queen for you on the way out the door. That was very nice of you, Tony. Announcing a major recall. Details from Scott Carr. Outspoken billionaire Elon Musk's electric car company said Saturday that more than 320,000 vehicles would be recalled over a taillight issue in some 2023 Model 3s and Model Ys produced in 2020 through 2023. The company says it's received no reports of related crashes. This on the heels of Tesla's recall of nearly 30,000 Model X cars over front passenger airbags not deploying correctly. Government data shows Tesla has made 19 U.S. recall campaigns just this year, covering more than 3.7 million vehicles. And cryptocurrency exchange FTX says it owes over $3 billion to its 50 biggest creditors. Filing for U.S. bankruptcy court protection, the exchange says about half of the amount alone goes to its top 10. Earlier this month, FTX filed for bankruptcy and CEO Sam Bankman-Fried stepped down. The crypto platform is also the subject of an investigation by the Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Tech Report, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Here in the background is the orchestra and the choir in Vienna, Austria at St. Augustine Cathedral. It's not a special performance, although it's very special. It's Sunday Mass at 11 o'clock. And I have to tell you, I was astonished when I walked in here and my jaw dropped when I heard the level of presentation in this soaring cathedral with its countless chandeliers and that beautiful music you're hearing in the background. It's Michael Patrick Shields, and as we're talking travel on this holiday week, when you may be going over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house, I came here to Vienna, Austria, just for a couple of days to have a look around. I'd never been here, and I should say I had a listen around because Billy Joel, who wrote the song Vienna Waits for You, said that Vienna is the Nashville of Europe and that it is the music centric city that Beethoven did all of his writing in and Beethoven lived in. Just think of all that work Beethoven did without even being able to hear the result of his work. You're listening in the background here to the very first bit of music I heard when I arrived in town. I heard nothing until I walked into this church and heard what's going on there. It's a beautiful place and an interesting place, and I wanted to share it with you as you head into the holiday weekend here. And all of my travel writing is at goworldtravel.com, every other Sunday in the Lansing State Journal at lsj.com or the Sunday print edition and traveltatler.org. So I welcome you to Austria. We're going to have a little fun. You'll hear from me from time to time, but more importantly, you'll hear this kind of music in this beautiful place Also, Mozart did some of his work here as well, too. So Vienna waits for you, as Billy Joel sang. And so do I at mibigshow.com. Enjoy the music and enjoy being grateful 
which is what that song Vienna Waits for You is all about. Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. President Biden says Americans cannot and must not tolerate hate. In a White House statement, he condemned the shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The founder of Club Q, where the deadly shooting took place Saturday night, says his establishment was targeted. Matthew Haynes told NBC News that the gunman appeared to be on a definite mission as he opened fire, leaving five people dead and more than two dozen injured. None of us recognize the suspect. I've ever seen him in the building. I think... This was a community of target for him, um, but not specific people. Haynes says he's worked previously with law enforcement and the FBI on responses to political scenarios like the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. The suspect has been detained and identified as 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich. Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers told the New York Times the shooting has all the appearances of being a hate crime. District Attorney Michael Allen said the shooting will be investigated in that lens. A massive lake effect storm has left at least 80 inches of snow on the ground in parts of northwestern New York. Jesse Kirsch reports from Buffalo. This storm system unfortunately has been deadly. Officials in New York say two people died tied to cardiac events in Relation to cleaning up, officials stressing people need to be smart about that cleanup. Heavy snow bands off Lakes Erie and Ontario have been dropping as much as three inches of snow an hour since Thursday. Governor Kathy Hochul has declared a state of emergency in the Buffalo and Watertown areas and is seeking federal help from the Biden administration. Federal criminal investigations against a former president bring unique concerns. So I would hope that Mayor Garland and his team uh, would be very careful about scrutinizing that evidence, not just checking the box, but making sure that they're prepared to stand behind the decision that they make. That's former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appearing on CBS's Face the Nation. I'm Michael Kastner. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. The use of masks is once again being recommended by health officials as we get closer to the holidays. UCLA infectious disease specialist Dr. Annabelle de St. Marie says there's a rapidly spreading rise in cases due to two new subvariants of Omicron. Well, the pandemic is not over. We are still seeing a lot of COVID and other viruses as well. The CDC is recommending that everyone get the newest COVID shot, the bivalent booster, which is formulated to combat the new variants. We're also being advised to consider taking a home COVID test before going to a holiday gathering. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is banning COVID vaccine mandates in public schools. The CDC is recommending that the shots be added to back-to-school requirements. But in a letter to Texas school superintendents, the Republican governor says parents have the ability to opt out of any vaccine. Health Update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin. 
editor of the MERS newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today, Tony Cuthbert on the other side of the glass. We're just talking about our generation, talking about our generation of Spartan sports and uh, Michigan State falling yesterday or falling over the weekend to Indiana in double overtime, putting some serious question into their bowl chances. They were they would have to win their next football game at Happy Valley in order to make it to a bowl game. Um, I, I don't know if I, I got a lot of faith in that. Uh, Penn State, nationally ranked, always very tough. Land-grant trophy on the line. Uh, they're going to have to show a little something that they didn't show over the weekend, Tony Cuthbert. Yeah, that I, game on Saturday against Indiana was infuriating to watch. When you look at the stat sheet on that, Michigan State had over 500 total yards of offense. Let me just, I'll throw that out there. Over 500 yards of total offense to Indiana's two-something, and Indiana's quarterback only completed one pass in regulation. He, he completed two passes overall. Yeah. Like, like, you look at this, so their, their quarterback attempted seven throws. He completed two passes for 31 yards. He dropped back three additional times and was sacked. So they had no passing game at all. And they still won. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And like you said, in terms of going to Penn State, it's not like a insurmountable task to do it. It's a 4 o'clock kickoff. Penn State is favored by 18. Penn State has beat some decent teams this year, but they've also lost to Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, the Michigan game, I guess, was competitive for a half. But, man, I just baffled by what I saw on Saturday. Yeah, Penn State has been demolishing teams that – are not Michigan and Ohio State. They beat Rutgers by 45. They beat Maryland 30 to nothing. Indiana, they beat by 31 points. Uh, Minnesota, which which beat us pretty good, beat State pretty good, beat them really soundly, 45 to 17. So, I don't know. I, I is is it a horrible thing to be home for the holidays? I guess for State, I mean, it gives them a chance to, I guess, focus on recruiting as opposed to all the practices. Yeah, I'm no insider, but I've heard multiple people around this area that cover the team saying, you know what, a bowl game is always the, uh, it's the prize at the end that you want to achieve, and it's good for recruiting and all of that in general to have a program heading in the right direction. But this team obviously needs a lot of talent, and the best way to do that is to hit the recruiting trail and maybe miss those extra practices, and the staff can get out there and do that and figure out what in the world they're going to do next season. So the big game then next week will be Michigan versus Ohio State at the Horseshoe yeah. this year. When's the last time Michigan's actually won there? Do you oh, know? Jeez, it it's been was a long a, time ago. I think Drew Henson was the quarterback. I'm not <laughs> even joking. I think it, that's when it was. So that was in the, what, uh 2000s, early 2000s, I would say. Do we do we have a little? Uh, what's the early bet on this? Ohio State uh, favored by eight and a half. Eight points. and a half, and it's going Oof. up as we speak. But it's we saw Ohio State over the weekend. They they're they're a team that uh, they have all these superstars and all of that. But the defense, for whatever reason, continues to struggle. They have zero running game. I mean, Ohio State cannot run the ball for whatever reason. This is mainly due to injuries when it comes to the wide receivers and running back. And their quarterback, I mean, he's extremely uh, – C.J. Stroud is a Heisman frontrunner, many would say. But uh, we saw it last year when Michigan, led by Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, once they put pressure on uh, C.J. Stroud, he kind of crumbles. And we've seen it a few times this season as well. So that needs to be the game plan. But first and foremost, Michigan needs to figure out what to do on offense, especially 
We saw Blake Corum, their also Heisman candidate running back, go out of the game. Apparently he's better now. We'll see on Saturday, though. I saw a picture. Blake Corum yesterday was delivering turkeys to families in the Ypsilanti area, walking around carrying that, so I guess he's okay and ready to roll on Saturday. You mentioned Ohio State and uh, their lack of a rushing game, and I know that they've got some injuries over there, but they put in their backup, a guy named Dalen Hayden. Yeah. And and that guy ended up with 146 yards and three touchdowns mm-hmm. against Maryland. Yeah, that porous defense of Maryland. And the other <sighs> running backs that Ohio State has, I mean, these guys are stars, but like like you said, they're injured. So that's a it's a toughie, and it's going to be curious to see what the weather's like in Columbus as well, of course. It always comes down to something like that. But Michigan has a pretty strong kicking game if they need to utilize it. But I don't think three points, once you march down the field, is going to cut it in this game. It will work against... Uh, lesser opponents like Illinois over the weekend, but not Ohio State. The over-under in this is 57 points. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah I'm going to guess that uh, three points uh, after every drive ain't going to cut it. No. You're going you're gonna to need more than uh, 21 to, to beat Ohio State. No. I, think, I think that's pretty clear. Have you taken a look at what's going on in the Big Ten West and the log jam over there? Iowa and Purdue are tied for first place at uh, with five and three records. And then Illinois, who is looking like the – uh, favorites to win that they've dropped a bunch of games they're down to four and four now tied with minnesota and and uh, uh wisconsin yeah we saw uh, illinois was uh just on the path to indianapolis to be the big 10 west champions and then of all teams to go to champagne michigan state went there and handled illinois and then they lost to purdue and then obviously they lost to michigan so it's been just a struggle before all of that, and I so that's three. They lost to Indiana early in the season. So a goofy team that has some good players. We saw them compete heavily with Michigan over the weekend, but boy, I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, so it's uh, Iowa and Purdue, and uh, I don't know how that tiebreaker works. Do you know who? Do you know uh, how that? Well, it looks like Iowa wins the tiebreaker because Iowa beat Purdue earlier in the year. So if both teams win, it would be Iowa who would be the West champion. Iowa, who can't score any points at all. That's unbelievable. And they were in the Big Ten Championship game last year, and we saw how that went. I mean, it just lends itself to talking about division realignment at some point in time because the West just has nothing to offer when it comes to the Big Ten Conference. I don't know if you were to add USC or UCLA to that mix to even it out. I just don't know what what needs to happen, but something needs to be shifted in that. We need to go back to the the leaders and legends from the olden days. <laughs> yeah, the the leaders and legends, goofy names, but you're right. I mean, at Michigan, Ohio State, uh, definitely the the cream of the crop here for Big Ten, and then Penn State is in that East Division, and usually Michigan State is uh, a lot more competitive than they are this year. But yeah, this West Division is just um, uh, pretty steady with uh, all the teams except for Northwestern being fairly mediocre. I mean, you can make uh, you know Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois. I don't know if they're if they've got any mathematical chance if Iowa were to lose and everybody becomes five and four. Um, you know, I think I think we could have. I mean, Minnesota plays Wisconsin, so that that isn't going to work out. But I think you could have in a situation here where you could have four teams with the same record: mm-hmm. Iowa, Purdue, Minnesota, and Illinois. Minnesota or Wisconsin, one or the other. They could all be five and four. And it just, once again, you're going to see it because common thought would be, okay, the loser of the Big Ten championship game would get the second bowl for the Big Ten, meaning the Rose Bowl in this case. But that's just simply not going to happen because the West Division is so putrid. So the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, their punishment is to go to Pasadena. (laughs) 
I mean, it's amazing to think of it that way, but that's the case. Yeah, because whoever wins that West Division, even if they were to win the Big Ten Championship, mm-hmm. they would have four losses. Yeah, and they're not going to get in the playoff. No, no, no possible scenario where that would happen. No, they'd be a nine and four team. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten champion would be nine and four. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. Whereas uh, Michigan or Ohio State, one of them would only have one loss. Yeah, and, I mean, we have seen things shake up, especially Tennessee lost over the weekend. So this Final Four scenario is goofy. Is it going to be two SEC teams, two Big oh, Ten teams? Hope I hope not as I, well. I it's, hope not. It's going to clear itself up this weekend. Let's hope so. Let's hope that we have a Big Ten, US, or SEC, and a couple others uh, from another conference. Welcome to the Michigan Lottery Show. The fun and excitement. 50 years ago, a jackpot started growing in Michigan. Inspired by fun and prizes for players. This jackpot has helped local businesses and led to over $26 billion in support for Michigan public schools. Today, the jackpot is still growing, and the goodness it's spreading is a win for everyone. The Michigan Lottery, for fun, for schools, for 50 years. Knowing your limits is always the best bet. Traverse City is more than a place, it's a destination. And for many, it's a dream, but a dream that's reachable and ready every single day. Just a car ride away. Traverse City is diverse, though, from beaches to boating to bluffs to wine and food, shopping and snowmobiling, gaming and golf. The possibilities are countless. So become a regular in Traverse City where you'll feel away and at home because its people are its charm. Visit TraverseCity.com to learn more on our Fab Fall Getaways. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Medawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. NBC News Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. Former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein says the appointment of a special counsel to oversee the investigation into former President Trump means there's still a viable case against him. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, Rosenstein said the DOJ needs to consider if evidence is sufficient for a conviction. Vice President Kamala Harris is in the Philippines today. Harris met with President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. in Manila, where she reaffirmed America's commitment to the defense of the Southeast Asian country. The talks are also aimed at strengthening economic ties. The U.S. men's national team is set to kick off its 2022 FIFA World Cup today. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald is there. Team USA is just hours away from taking the field in their first World Cup appearance in nearly a decade. Now, this tournament has been shrouded with controversy, but I've been speaking with these team members, and they say they're focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's the game. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man. 
You're listening to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Mullen, filling in for Michael Patrick today, coming at you through our AT&T microphones. We're sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. A little earlier in the program, we had Angela Whitworth. She's going to be the new House Appropriations Committee chair starting next, uh, starting, well, January, uh, what is it, 14, 13? Is that when they're coming back uh, after they're done with lame duck? And one of the other folks that we mentioned, Sarah Anthony, is going to be the chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee. She actually got her start 15 years ago as a fresh out-of-college CMU grad working in the office of our next guest, former state representative Joan Bauer. How are you doing today, Joan? I am doing well, thanks, Kyle. What do you What do you remember about Sarah Anthony when she came out of CMU, fresh out of college, eager and excited to be a, a staffer for a state rep? Well, I at the time I was running for state rep myself in a very contested primary, and so. There are many, many events. And so Sarah was working that summer for uh, Marcinkowski, who was running for, you know, Congress. So she was working for him. So I saw her over and over and over again at all of these events where she would be representing him. And every single time she would come up to me and introduce herself. And I kept kept saying, Sarah, I would, you know, I said, Sarah, I know who you are, but she, you know, she was persistent in that. And, uh, delightful, warm personality. Well, anyway, then he, which in a way was my luck for staffing, uh, he did not um, win the election. So she came right, you know, followed right up uh, about working in my office because every state rep gets two uh, staffers. And um, so, but I knew from the beginning, Kyle, that this was, a very special young woman, and um, it's it's certainly been born true when you look at everything she's done. So she, I hired her. She started uh, with me in 2007 at the front desk, so to speak, doing constituent relations and uh, a number of things. And she stayed for four years. Um, and again, I just I just knew that she was special. And then she ended up running. She was always interested in public service. And I say that because Sarah is a public servant. Um, So she ran for school board, did not win, turned very young at the time, turned right around, ran for county commissioner, won. um, And you know the rest. When I was termed out, Andy Shore was the state rep for five years, uh, left a year early to become mayor. And Sarah ran for that seat, which is the old seat that you know, I had had, and so she returned to the office, which I just love, and took her seat, but not at the front desk welcoming constituents. She was the state rep, and we all know now she's just done amazing things. And she's going to be the Senate Appropriations Committee chair, uh, which is the person who's in charge of the committee that spends money, and we've got a little bit of it still in reserve, and um, there's going to, I'm sure, be some uh, restraint, and so... You know, because uh, who knows if we're going to get into a recession. And you were a state rep when we didn't have a lot of money, and it wasn't a lot of fun, was it, Joan? No, no. In fact, Kyle, I yes, it was not fun at all. And we had to make a lot of cuts. Um, it's very difficult. So 
However, there's challenges, too, when you have a lot of money because there are a lot of requests for it. We know a lot of this money is one-time money, you know, from the federal stimulus money. So they have their, yeah, they have their work cut out for them. It will still be a challenge. But um, it's a very, it's just thrilling to have two of our local uh, legislators chairing not just sitting on, usually the goal is that your capital delegation, uh, we always wanted to be sure we had one member on the approach committee. And my, we're looking right now at having two, and they are the chairs. So it's very exciting. It says a lot for mid-Michigan and the caliber of people that we elect to send to the legislature. And then we also have Sam Singh, who's going to be the Senate Majority Floor Leader, uh, which is the person in charge of kind of a calendar and and what bills are getting taken up when and uh, that's Absolutely. a that's a that's a huge role too so yeah mid Michigan the Lansing area is going to be very well represented in leadership uh, with this next session uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up here you are a member of the state capital commission which is the uh, body that's kind of oversees the management of the capital grounds and uh, we're going to be having a, a special event that. Uh, is going to kick off kind of the opening of what is being called Heritage Hall. Yes, yes. Um, the Heritage, Heritage Hall is actually in a, kind of an addition to the Capitol. It's, you enter it from Ottawa. It's a 40,000-square-foot um, area that is really a reception area for all tours, uh, there's space in it for uh, meetings. You, we can seat up to 300 people so the governor or committees could have uh, certain events and things there. It's just a magnificent, much-needed space. It, it opened for, for tours and things this fall. We've, been, um, we've had a lot of school tours through. But the official dedication is this coming Tuesday at 12 noon in Heritage Hall, and the public is invited. So anybody who's listening who'd like to come and be part of the dedication, but then also tour the new Heritage Hall is very welcome. Yeah, what a facility that is, too. we got kind of skylights coming in at the top, a huge area, really underground before you actually get to the Capitol. So you right. don't see it. You you enter through the road there on Ottawa and then uh, you kind of wind your way through. But, God, what an expansive space. It's just really beautiful. They did some great work on it. You're going to want to check it out noon next Tuesday. If you want to check it out, the uh, formal dedication of Heritage Hall over at the state Capitol. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. We'll be back after this. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors, however, whenever, and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more, giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, or a broken spirit, 
Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health, even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Let's start with football. The Chiefs rallied to beat the Chargers in L.A. Bills playing in Detroit due to the snowstorm in Buffalo. Held on to beat the Browns at Ford Field and proved to 7-3 and three on the season. Vikings held to just three points. Kirk Cousins sacked seven times. They were crushed by the Cowboys, ending their seven-game win streak. Jalen Hurts scored a go-ahead eight-yard touchdown run with just a minute and 20 seconds remaining in the game to get the Eagles a win over the Colts. Bears holding their breath as quarterback Justin Fields suffered an injury to his non-throwing shoulder in their last drive as they lost to the Falcons. The Nets beat the Grizzlies behind Kevin Durant's team-high 26, while Kyrie Irving added 14 in his return after serving an eight-game suspension for harmful impact of his conduct. Klay Thompson dropped in a game-high 41, including 10 threes to lead the Warriors over the Rockets for their first win on the road this season. That's sports. Ronza Moss, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I believe that it is conversations like this that we're having. So I'm grateful for this opportunity with your excellent show and its wide reach for us to talk directly to people and let them know. So we hear your voices. Let's say this is enough and let's get this done. Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Let's talk some sports brought to you by Dean Transportation. And as always, got to start with the NFL, the Shield, and the Lions. My goodness, three-game winning streak. That is their first since 2017. They did it by defeating the Giants 31-18 at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. The star of the show, Jamal Williams, the backup running back in many circumstances. He had three touchdowns. The starter, DeAndre Swift, who seems like injured every other week, he ran for a touchdown for Detroit. The record now 4-6, and six, and the Lions host the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving Day. As we know, the early betting line on that game is Buffalo by 10. Hmm. Maybe because it's like a home game for Buffalo. You ever consider that? Well, it could be, but, you know, Buffalo is also a good team, and they're probably going to contend for the, the uh, AFC title this year. So I... I'm sure that has something to do with it. But, you know, you take a look at the the rest of the Lions' schedule, and they could finish uh, 500 this year. Yeah, and that would be improvement over last season, of course, and that's all we're, what we're looking for. I mean, it's a complete rebuild. You're two under Dan Campbell in this new regime, so if they can make positive strides, which it looks like they're doing right now, I mean, it's impressive. And to go into – I think the Giants are uh, – I don't think their record is – uh, replicates or is an example of who that team is because they're really not that good. They've lucked into a lot of these games that they've won, so that 7-2 and record going into yesterday I think was a little overblown, and we saw that for sure with what the Lions did. Now, the Buffalo Bills, they were at Ford Field yesterday. The home team with the Browns in 31-23 to was the final. Now, Buffalo, they used the visitor locker room and the visitor sideline in this game, even though they were the home team because – they wanted to get used to what it's going to be like this week, so they just did it that way. And the Cleveland Browns used the Lions locker room. So it was kind of goofy to see those pictures of the Browns gear hung up at the at the stalls with all the Lions paraphernalia all around. It's really strange to watch that game, which was not uh, on the local CBS no, affiliate, by it the wasn't. way. 
So you had to find a different way to watch it. Apparently it was sold out. It was. Buffalo, uh, listening to the commentators on the game, they said it was about 70-30 in terms of Buffalo versus uh, Cleveland Brown fans. And there were those Lions fans in there too. Kind of like a, I don't want to say a Super Bowl atmosphere, but that's kind of what it was because you didn't have a, a full force in terms of fans on one side or the other. So cool to see the city of Detroit shining once again when it comes to that. And that is a look at sports brought to you by Dean Transportation. This is Michigan's Big Show starring Michael Patrick Shields. Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. Former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein says the appointment of a special counsel to oversee the investigation into former President Trump means there's still a viable case against him. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, Rosenstein said the DOJ needs to consider if evidence is sufficient for a conviction. Vice President Kamala Harris is in the Philippines today. Harris met with President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. in Manila, where she reaffirmed America's commitment to the defense of the Southeast Asian country. The talks are also aimed at strengthening economic ties. The U.S. men's national team is set to kick off its 2022 FIFA World Cup today. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald is there. Team USA is just hours away from taking the field in their first World Cup appearance in nearly a decade. Now, this tournament has been shrouded with controversy, but I've been speaking with these team members, and they say they're focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's the game. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. The weather map is not terribly active today with the main theme, the colder than normal temperatures for a large part of the United States. We'll get a reprieve from the lake effect snow that has been belting much of northern and western New York State for several days, laying down record amounts of snow in some areas near Buffalo, New York. The lake effect snow will end gradually today. and Still some blowing and drifting snow, though, a big concern in parts of Michigan, Wisconsin, and, of course, New York and Pennsylvania. Middle of the nation, dry today, snow for the northern Great Lakes and rain across Florida, up the coast into eastern sections of Georgia and coastal South Carolina. Thunderstorms for the Florida Peninsula, especially the southern two-thirds of the state and along the eastern side of the state as well. Watch for showers from Houston to Brownsville in Texas today. A few showers into coastal sections of Washington state as well. We'll cloud up in Seattle today near 51 there. That's your national weather forecast. Mike Ellis, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. President Biden says Americans cannot and must not tolerate hate. In a White House statement, he condemned the shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The founder of Club Q, where the deadly shooting took place Saturday night, says his establishment was targeted. Matthew Haynes told NBC News that the gunman appeared to be on a definite mission as he opened fire, leaving five people dead and more than two dozen injured. None of us recognize the suspect. I've ever seen him in the building. I think... This was a community of target for him, um, but not specific people. Haynes says he's worked previously with law enforcement and the FBI on responses to political scenarios like the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. The suspect has been detained and identified as 22-year-old Anderson Lee 
Aldrich. Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers told the New York Times the shooting has all the appearances of being a hate crime. District Attorney Michael Allen said the shooting will be investigated in that lens. A massive lake effect storm has left at least 80 inches of snow on the ground in parts of northwestern New York. Jesse Kirsch reports from Buffalo. This storm system unfortunately has been deadly. Officials in New York say two people died tied to cardiac events in relation to cleaning up. Officials stressing people need to be smart about that cleanup. Heavy snow bands off Lakes Erie and Ontario have been dropping as much as three inches of snow an hour since Thursday. Governor Kathy Hochul has declared a state of emergency in the Buffalo and Watertown areas and is seeking federal help from the Biden administration. Federal criminal investigations against a former president bring unique concerns. So I would hope that Mayor Garland and his team uh, would be very careful about scrutinizing that evidence, not just checking the box, but making sure that they're prepared to stand behind the decision that they make. That's former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appearing on CBS's Face the Nation. I'm Michael Kastner. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. President Biden says relief is on the way for Americans thanks to the laws that he has signed. What I'm most excited about is that people are starting to see the impact of these legislative achievements in their own lives. We're just getting started. In remarks before meeting with business and labor leaders on Friday, Biden claimed inflation is beginning to slow and gas prices are decreasing. He said Americans at the beginning of the new year will start to see the results from his several measures that he signed, including the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes capping the price of insulin for seniors on Medicare. However, Biden acknowledged it will take some time to bring inflation down to normal levels. The Biden administration notifying those who are approved for federal student loan relief. While the future of the relief is up in the air as lower courts block the program nationally, the Department of Education began sending emails on Saturday to those who were approved. The email goes over the legal issues that have kept the administration from fully removing the debt, explaining that it will be wiped if and when we prevail in court. More Americans feeling the financial strain going into the holiday season due to inflation. A recent poll from financial services company Lending Club found 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That's an increase from the 56% who said so last year. The survey also found 59% of those living paycheck to paycheck had issues paying their monthly bills and saw significant price increases for their utility bills over the past year. A separate survey found about half of shoppers plan to buy fewer items this year due to high prices. Carvana laying off 1,500 employees after its stock fell dramatically, according to an internal message obtained by CNBC. CEO Ernie Garcia cited concerns about the company's long-term performance and the economy with higher financing costs. And Wall Street closed higher on Friday, capping a volatile week. Stocks rallied then fell back in late trading as investors eyed the latest earnings reports. Concerns about tough language from the Federal Reserve weighed on markets. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 199 points to 33,745. The S&P 500 rose 18 points to 39.65. The Nasdaq added one point to 11.146. Consumer and Business News, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Let's start with football. The Chiefs rallied to beat the Chargers in L.A. Bills playing in Detroit due to the snowstorm in Buffalo. Held on to beat the Browns at Ford Field and proved to 7-3 and three on the season. Vikings held to just three points. Kirk Cousins sacked seven times. They were crushed by the Cowboys, ending their seven-game win streak. Jalen Hurts scored a go-ahead eight-yard touchdown run with just a minute and 20 seconds remaining in the game to get the Eagles a win over the Colts. Bears holding their breath as quarterback Justin Fields suffered an injury to his non-throwing shoulder in their last drive as they lost to the Falcons. The Nets beat the Grizzlies behind Kevin Durant's team high 26, while Kyrie Irving added 14 in his return after serving an eight-game suspension for 
harmful impact of his conduct. Clay Thompson dropped in a game-high 41, including 10 threes to lead the Warriors over the Rockets for their first win on the road this season. That's sports. Ronza Moss, NBC News Radio. The weather map is not terribly active today with the main theme, the colder than normal temperatures for a large part of the United States. We'll get a reprieve from the lake effect snow that has been belting much of northern and western New York State for several days, laying down record amounts of snow in some areas near Buffalo, New York. The lake effect snow will end gradually today and Still some blowing and drifting snow, though, a big concern in parts of Michigan, Wisconsin, and, of course, New York and Pennsylvania. Middle of the nation, dry today, snow for the northern Great Lakes and rain across Florida, up the coast into eastern sections of Georgia and coastal South Carolina. Thunderstorms for the Florida Peninsula, especially the southern two-thirds of the state and along the eastern side of the state as well. Watch for showers from Houston to Brownsville in Texas today. A few showers into coastal sections of Washington state as well. We'll cloud up in Seattle today, near 51 there. That's your national weather forecast. Mike Ellis, NBC News Radio. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields, presented by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan, and Blue Care Network. I'm producer and creative director, Tony Cuthbert. This is meteorologist John McMurray. Now in the shadow of the Capitol Dome in Lansing, he's heard from the beaches of Lake Michigan to the halls of power and behind closed doors, here's Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Michael Patrick Shields is on the air. Good morning, world. Good morning, Michigan. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS Newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today, Tony Cuthbert on the other side of the glass, and it's... uh, Mid to late November, and you know what that means. It means if you're a hunter, load it up and look for the deer. And uh, we can use as many hunters as we can get out there right now to prevent them from running across the road and uh, getting popped. We don't want that either. I had that happen last year, and that wasn't any fun. Uh, So I thank all the hunters for going out there and uh, kind of thinning out uh, the population uh, to keep the roads safe and uh, providing some venison for uh, the folks uh, out there. And one of the people who we like talking to to get an update, who is really dialed into hunting, former state representative Tristan Cole. I heard you earlier uh, this year. How have you? How are you doing out there in the uh, in the woods now, Tristan? Well, good morning, Kyle. It's the second week of deer camp, and all the guys and gals are here. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's uh, it's going really well. We've had a great season so far. Uh, you know, we, we haven't been uh, as successful putting uh, putting some deer on the ground so far as we would have liked to have been. But uh, we've got a series of days coming up around the Thanksgiving holidays where my daughters and I uh, will be out in the blinds and hunting very seriously and we will put some put some deer in the freezer. Uh, my father was successful the other night. He killed a beautiful eight-point buck behind his house here in Antrim County. I took a four-wheeler up and pulled that out for him. Uh, so that was that was really nice, a three-year-old buck. We really work hard to get our age class uh, bucks up as much as possible, and uh, my daughters are, are fairly picky when it comes to shooting bucks. You know, we pass those year-and-a-half-olds up. 
So um, is it easier to hunt when there's snow on the ground and you can actually see the tracks, or is it harder because it's so cold? Well, so so it's, it's funny. Everybody says, you know, tracking snow. Well, that's a component in it, but I'll tell you what. You can sure see movement of brown deer against a white background a whole lot better than brown against a brown background. Oh. And so what it really helps with, Kyle, is visibility uh, because it's easier for the human eye to, to make out that movement of a deer uh, meandering through the, the woodlands of the forest or sneaking through the swamp. And, you know, when we get these, these deep snows like what we have up here right now, uh, even though it's spotty, we've got anywhere from 6 to 26 inches on the ground. Uh, it does force those animals into a more routine pattern of travel. And if you're a hunter right now and you can get in between a bedding area and a food source, uh, you know, in the last couple of days in the e- or a couple hours in the evening or the, the first couple hours in the morning, you stand a really great opportunity of, of seeing some whitetails. Well, you got to be, you got to know then where those sites are then, don't you? And, and, and position yourself there. And that, that's got to be kind of hard to do if you don't have your blinds set up there. Well, it, yes. And so that's where woodsmanship and uh, some, some basic knowledge of, of the woods and tree identification are very helpful. And in a lot of our areas, we have a lot of farmland. And so the deer are going to those hay fields. They're going to, if they're standing corn, they're going to standing corn or even a cut corn field to dig up scraps that, uh, that were left from the harvest. Uh, if you happen to know of uh, an old apple tree or an apple orchard where there's some, some frozen apples hanging on a tree, uh, you know, those are deer magnets. And, of course, we can't rule out, the, you know, the beech nuts and the acorn crop. Mm. Um, and so um, it, when you go to it, when you use your deer blind, here's a question I've always had. Is there a heating source in there? <laughs> well, uh, you know, actually, I don't have any heaters in my blinds right now. Uh, I am set up so I can do that. Oh, there's there's some great little heaters out there, buddy heaters, uh, little propane cylinders uh, that hook into these uh, these heaters. They work really good, even in a thin, what we refer to as a pop-up blind, which is a little, uh, basically a nylon blind and spring steel frame that can pop up and you can have that blind set up in, you know, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. It does uh, work really well to keep the heat in, but most importantly, it keeps the wind off of you, oh. and it also conceals movement. And if you can get out of the wind... Uh, and you can conceal that movement. You can sit a little bit longer, and the deer aren't going to see you, and you've got an opportunity. As far as the the firearm that you use, um, is there a specific season for whether you use a shotgun or a rifle? So we have in Michigan, we've got a couple of regions, and uh, we've got the fire, the the uh, rifle zone, and we've got the shotgun zone, and it's uh, it's a little confusing because you can use what's called a straight wall cartridge in the shotgun zone, which most people are using uh, something along the lines of a 44 caliber, which you can get in a in a, a rifle or a handgun. Uh, you can use a 450 Bushmaster caliber or a 350 Legend, and there's a couple others in there as well. But those are generally shorter range, uh, you know, shorter trajectory rounds that you can use in that shotgun zone, which is, you know, mid, mid you know, lower peninsula south. Up north, uh, generally people are using, uh, you know, higher power center fire rifles in a variety of styles and calibers. I like to use uh, my 44 uh, Colt Anaconda revolver and uh, a 7 millimeter Rem Magnum uh, for my guns. And then my girls, they like to use uh, 450 Bushmasters. They're small rifles. Uh, they're util- they can utilize those across the entire state. They're very accurate, and they don't have as much recoil as some of the larger calibers. 
What is the advantage or disadvantage to using a rifle or a shotgun when hunting deer? So generally, and this is in general terms, a rifle is going to be accurate at a longer distance. Uh, It's more of a long-range firearm versus a shotgun, which is a a shorter-range firearm. Uh, You know, with a rifle, you've got a single projectile uh, with that bullet, and and with a shotgun, you have the opportunity to use uh, what's referred to as buckshot. Uh, I've only ever shot a couple of deer with buckshot, uh, which is multiple pellets inside uh, one shot shell that go out of the barrel at the same time. And shot, uh, shot shells or shotguns also shoot sabotaged slugs, which is a, a jacketed projectile that's relatively accurate out to that 100. Maybe if you've got a high-dollar firearm with a good optic, maybe 150 yards of that shotgun. But the rifles, you know, you have accuracy out to uh, several hundred yards very easily uh, with a little bit of practice. Now, the the disadvantage using a shotgun when you're talking about smaller game is that you risk mutilating the meat with a lot of pellets. Is that an accurate description? Yeah. Well, you, you can. So, uh, you know, a, a double, a three-inch double-up buck, 12-gauge shot shell, I believe, has 12 pellets in it. So you're not shooting an exorbitant amount of pellets. Oh, okay. uh, they, they do have a, a, a fair amount of energy. Uh, for example, uh, using an analogy, uh, one of those pellets can go through a car door at 100 yards. So oh. they have a lot of power. However, they're not as pinpoint accurate as, uh, as a rifle is. You know, a, a rifle, you know, I can... My, my rifles are very accurate, and, and I can hit a bottle cap at 100 yards every time. Uh, with a shotgun, you know, you may be in that 4-inch, 6-inch range of a, of a diameter circle that you're going to hit with a, with a sabotage slug. In buckshot, you're going to put multiple pellet holes in a target, uh, but you don't know exactly which, you know, where they're going to be in that target. I see. All right, well, we've got to let you go here. Real quick, though, uh, Tristan, how many more days uh, are you, do you think you're going to be out there? You know, I'm going to hunt through the end of the year. Uh, you can hunt deer after the Michigan firearm season with uh, archery equipment, and then there's a muzzleloader season and late doe season. Uh, we hunt right to the end, from the beginning to the end, and I encourage people to get out there, take a kid hunting, uh, take someone new out there and harvest some uh, some free-range organic protein that is extremely... Grab some green at Firekeepers this November. Win a share of over $200,000 with the cash grab giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. You could be one of 25 guaranteed winners to pick a big prize, including up to $30,000 cash. Earn entries daily and join us on November 26th. Every two hours from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., five winners will each get to select from the punch board to win up to $10,000 cash. Then at 10 p.m., it's the grand prize drawing, where five lucky players will each choose a huge cash prize from $12,500 all the way up to $30,000 cash. Don't miss your chance to win a share of over $200,000 with the Cash Grab Giveaway on Saturday, November 26th. The best giveaways, the biggest guaranteed prizes, only at Firekeepers. Get your Vegas on at Firekeepers Casino Hotel. I-94 to exit 104 in Battle Creek. Management reserves all rights. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. 
And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Medawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Tickets for Garth Brooks Las Vegas Residency go on sale today. It'll be Ticketmaster's first major test using its verified fan program since last week's Taylor Swift ticket sale debacle. Fans selected to take part in the Brooks sale were told the sale times for the 27 shows will be staggered in an effort to manage wait times for fans. Today's show weather anchor Al Roker is in the hospital. The Emmy Award winner has been absent for two weeks now. Friday revealed he has been hospitalized due to blood clots in his leg and lungs. He said he's getting terrific medical care and thanked fans for their support, saying he hopes to be back on the air soon. It was another golden year for the 50th American Music Awards. On Sunday, Taylor Swift took home the coveted Artist of the Year Award along with five other trophies. Lionel Richie was honored for his unparalleled ability to masterfully blend a variety of music from to country and took home the icon award as for bad bunny he won favorite male latin artist and favorite latin album beyonce won both favorite female r&b artist and favorite r&b album for her latest effort renaissance and Kanye West is back on Twitter less than 24 hours after the platform's new owner, Elon Musk, said he had reinstated several other suspended accounts, including former President Trump. West had been locked out following a violation of the platform's policies. Well, that's entertainment. Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio. Welcome back to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, editor of the MERS newsletter, filling in for Michael Patrick today, Tony Cuthbert. On the other side of the glass, we're coming at you through our AT&T microphones. show is presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Well, it wasn't the who that crashed Ticketmaster last week. It was Taylor Swift, and now Ticketmaster is apologizing to Taylor Swift and her fans following the ticket debacle from last week that left many, including uh, my own daughter, empty-handed. The ticket-selling platform tweeted out the apology following the cancellation of its public online sale that had been scheduled for Friday. But Ticketmaster also released a report detailing what led to some parts of their website failing as an unprecedented number of tickets. Tickets were, um, or traffic rather, flooded the site. This led to longer wait times as well as some fans losing tickets that they selected due to a a passcode validation error. So there was a limited number of shows, obviously, limited number of tickets. And uh, Ticketmaster just wanted to kind of visualize for people how much traffic there was. If Taylor Swift was to put on 900 shows for the next two and a half years, she would have been able to supply everybody who wanted tickets with tickets. 900 shows. 
for two and a half years. So that just goes to show how much interest there was in getting these tickets. Apparently, she hasn't had a concert in several years, Tony. She hasn't been on on tour. And so there's a huge pent-up demand of fans who have not had a chance to watch Taylor Swift in concert. And so now she's finally hitting the road. We're post-COVID. Uh, she's doing stadium tours, of course. I mean, huge venues. Yeah. And just selling them out before they can, before they, the public can even get a chance to buy them. So she had a pre-sale for fans. And so then that, they had a certain block of tickets that got sold out. And then if you were a Capital One credit card holder, oh, wow. you got the second block. So, <laughs> so my wife, on behalf of my, my teenage daughter, First tried to get the uh, the Taylor Swift fan club tickets, but there was a lottery for that, right? Mm-hmm. So only a certain you know fan club members got that. So they got first crack, and then my wife happened to have a Capital One card, so she went for the Capital One sale, and then that crashed, and she was in front of a computer for three hours. And at times she would say, "Oh, okay, you can pick these seats." She would quick hit, "Yeah, okay, I'll take those seats," and it would say, "Nope." Sorry, already been sold. And apparently that happened like 30 times. 30 times. Oh she, was try- she was trying to get tickets, and they would evaporate right in front of her face. You know, this is so frustrating because Ticketmaster, I mean, what a business they got running there. Oh. This is the, this is all they have to do is find a way to sell tickets. They charge you an arm and a leg with these magical fees left and right on these tickets, and it's like, I this stuff really isn't my problem that's going on with your company. Let's get this figured out. I don't care how many people are on that website. Oh. It's, it's just unacceptable. Yeah, I got called in too to uh to try and buy tickets, but I mean they just they completely vanished. She went to um my wife went to Detroit, then tried Chicago, tried Cincinnati, and it was it was unbelievable. They, they, you would you would sit in a waiting room for and it said like uh you know, you're you're two uh, thousandth in line or whatever, but it was two thousandth plus, and uh, you're just kind of waiting this waiting for the scroll bar until you were able to to get in and get a chance to order tickets. But when you finally got a chance to order, I, I waited in sh- for a Soldier Field in Chicago. There were three tickets mm-hmm. that were available. All were handicap accessible seats, and they were all single tickets, just singles, and that's it. That's all you could get. So I'm trying to find on StubHub right now if they're even for sale on there. Oh, oh, they are. Oh, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Five, but, so Ford Field right now, the cheapest for a pair, five eighty five each. Five eighty five each. Yeah. And and that's a. I mean, that's at least at least twice markup because I think the face value of those were about two hundred something like that. So yeah, the the people the. The people or the bots or whoever were able to get the tickets, and you want to go to the resale market, you're going to make a killing. Oh my goodness! And uh, and I'm and I bet you those cheap ones. I bet you those are way up in. Yeah. I mean, way up there. That's just basically getting you into the stadium to say that you're breathing the same air because <laughs> I, you're sitting I, at Comerica Park watching the concert at Ford Field. With, and yeah, with binoculars. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious, seeing a seeing a young woman out on stage. A gazillion feet away. Um, oof, that's tough. 
Anyway. Well, I think you're going to be hitting the secondary market and uh, taking a chunk out of the college fund on this concert, (laughs) appears to me. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Here's something something else interesting. Did you ever see Goonies? The, te- the, I, I the old know, movies? I know of it. I have not seen it. All right. So you're too young to see Goonies. All right. So in the 80s, that was a huge movie and, and great, uh, you know, for my, gen- I guess, my generation. Uh, if you were late 40s, early 50s, somewhere, somewhere in there, you probably saw the iconic movie Goonies. Well, anyway, the house where that was filmed is in Astoria, Oregon. And uh, it was lived in during the film by um, uh, Mikey and Brandon, who were... Uh, you know, obviously the stars of the show, um, played by Mike Aston and uh, Josh Browley. Well, anyway, uh, it's going up for sale, and the current listing price is $1.65 million. So if you want to own the house that Goonies was filmed in, there you go, $1.65 million in Astoria, Oregon, and it can be yours and it comes with two taylor swift tickets as well (laughs) they'll be sitting on the kitchen table when you when you uh get the keys um and then uh let's see what else we got here there was a fight that broke out in an elton john concert the los angeles police department is uh continuing to take a look at uh, this attack at dodger stadium's parking lot following the elton john concert uh, the incident was first reported Thursday uh, around 11.30 following a traffic crash. Oh, it was people trying to exit. That would explain it. I was going to say, how can you be all hyped up after an Elton John concert? But getting out, I can imagine. Tesla is announcing a major recall. Details from Scott Carr. Outspoken billionaire Elon Musk's electric car company said Saturday that more than 320,000 vehicles would be recalled over a taillight issue in some 2023 Model 3s and Model Ys produced in 2020 through 2023. The company says it's received no reports of related crashes. This on the heels of Tesla's recall of nearly 30,000 Model X cars over front passenger airbags not deploying correctly. Government data shows Tesla has made 19 U.S. recall campaigns just this year, covering more than 3.7 million vehicles. And cryptocurrency exchange FTX says it owes over $3 billion to its 50 biggest creditors. Filing for U.S. bankruptcy court protection, the exchange says about half of that amount alone goes to its top 10. Earlier this month, FTX filed for bankruptcy and CEO Sam Bankman-Fried stepped down. The crypto platform is also the subject of an investigation by the Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Tech Report, Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. Good morning, Michigan. It's Michael Patrick Shields, radio stations across the state of Michigan, worldwide at MIBigShow.com. We take you all over the world. And uh, I've been in Austria now for just a couple of hours. And already I've met an Austrian who's going to tell me all about the country. And it's very nice to meet Sandra. Boom. Hello. (laughs) Nice to see you. Hello. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you, you too. So I've been in Austria a couple of hours, and I haven't seen a single kangaroo yet. Where would I go to see the Austrian kangaroos? Yeah, they're in Australia. Oh. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So... It's just Austria with the mountains. But I, I planned for this trip, so I'm curious, is there any... Are we going to see Austrian rules football? Oh. <laughs> or what about Sorry, Foster's, that big oil can full of beer? Foster's, do you have that uh, in Foster's, Austria? you're looking for Foster's. Yeah, no, that's here in Austria, yeah. right? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, you're wrong there. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to go to Australia, just Austria. So there's a difference between, uh, where's the, how far are we from the outback? 
these questions. That's here, isn't it? Sorry? Isn't that here? The no, outback? Isn't it? no, it's not here, the outback. Oh. Just the mountains and the woods. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're in Vienna, which has yep. a rich, rich history, and I'm not going to see kangaroos or the outback or the Sydney Opera no. House or any of that no. stuff. What Nothing. will I see? I'm sorry. Uh, you can see the Stephansdom. You can see the Prater and the Schönbrunn, the castle, and the zoo, if you want. And the Christmas markets, I'm um, told, are a very yeah. big thing at this time of year. Yeah. If you were, if we were to walk, if you were to walk us through a Christmas market, yeah. what would it be like? Um, sorry. What Repeat. would it be like? What would the experience be like? The, the experience in a Christmas market, of course, you can drink punch. You have there any um, cookies, um, Christmas cookies, and anything. And for kids, are Sweet. The yeah. Ringelspiel and sweet and anything. Carousel. I mean, with ring, Ringelspiel is carousel. Do you sing the sound of music ever? Have you seen the movie? No. Do you like, the hills are alive. No? no Come on, sing with me. Know. We know everybody. Everybody think about it. No, it, it, no well, we'll sorry. Put a, we'll put a little Mozart behind this interview for us, but tell us the name of the restaurant where we can come and have what I had, which was... Is Gasthof zum Renner am Nusterverplatz in the 19th district. That's easy for you to say. Merry mm. Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. President Biden says Americans cannot and must not tolerate hate. In a White House statement, he condemned the shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The founder of Club Q, where the deadly shooting took place Saturday night, says his establishment was targeted. Matthew Haynes told NBC News that the gunman appeared to be on a definite mission as he opened fire, leaving five people dead and more than two dozen injured. None of us recognize the suspect. I've ever seen him in the building. I think... This was a community of target for him, um, but not specific people. Haynes says he's worked previously with law enforcement and the FBI on responses to political scenarios like the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. The suspect has been detained and identified as 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich. Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers told the New York Times the shooting has all the appearances of being a hate crime. District Attorney Michael Allen said the shooting will be investigated in that lens. A massive lake effect storm has left at least 80 inches of snow on the ground in parts of northwestern New York. Jesse Kirsch reports from Buffalo. This storm system unfortunately has been deadly. Officials in New York say two people died tied to cardiac events in relation to cleaning up. Officials stressing people need to be smart about that cleanup. Heavy snow bands off Lakes Erie and Ontario have been dropping as much as three inches of snow an hour since Thursday. Governor Kathy Hochul has declared a state of emergency in the Buffalo and Watertown areas and is seeking federal help from the Biden administration. Federal criminal investigations against a former president bring unique concerns. So I would hope that Mayor Garland and his team uh, would be very careful about scrutinizing that evidence, not just checking the box, but making sure that they're prepared to stand behind the decision that they make. That's former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appearing on CBS's Face the Nation. I'm Michael Kastner. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. 
The use of masks is once again being recommended by health officials as we get closer to the holidays. UCLA infectious disease specialist Dr. Annabelle de St. Marie says there's a rapidly spreading rise in cases due to two new subvariants of Omicron. Well, the pandemic is not over. We are still seeing a lot of COVID and other viruses as well. The CDC is recommending that everyone get the newest COVID shot, the bivalent booster, which is formulated to combat the newer variants. We're also being advised to consider taking a home COVID test before going to a holiday gathering. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is banning COVID vaccine mandates in public schools. The CDC is recommending that the shots be added to back-to-school requirements. But in a letter to Texas school superintendents, the Republican governor says parents have the ability to opt out of any vaccine. Health Update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. I'm Kyle Malin, filling in for Michael Patrick today, Tony Cuthbert. On the other side of the glass, we're going to be joined here now by Hondo Carpenter. He covers the Las Vegas Raiders for Sports Illustrated. He's also with uh, Spartan Nation Radio. He's been a host uh, for that as well. And uh, he's on the other end of our line. Good morning. How are you doing, Hondo? Good morning, my friend. I'll tell you what, I got to Michigan at 3 o'clock this morning, and, man, I love it. I miss this weather. <laughs> we, we we made the snow just for you, Hondo. I'm so glad. It's just beautiful this morning. What a beautiful sunrise here in the state. It's great to be home. Well, we're glad to have you. <laughs> well, you came home to a, a Michigan State football team that's struggling. I know you're following them just because you, you, you have to follow them. What, what do you think about uh, the fact that uh, we're struggling hard to even make a bowl? Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> disappointing but not unexpected. I think last year, <clears throat> excuse me, Mel Tucker's team overachieved, and so it raised expectations to a level that I don't think were um, – legitimate for this season i think you're going to see moving forward that you know michigan state needs to get to a place back to where they were where the bowl is the bottom of the barrel that's the the worst season that a coach can have and i you know and i i think you give them a mulligan this year but moving forward that has to be the expectations and whether it's right or not the weight of his contract determines that's exactly the fact of what it is now, meanwhile, uh, Michigan, the other school down the road, is doing very well, undefeated, going into Columbus this weekend. Uh, what are you expecting for that game? I think that the Buckeyes are going to shellac the Wolverines. Do you I, really? I, I, a shellacking? Yeah, let me just say this to you, and, and, and I understand that we're Spartans, so we all understand our two favorite teams are Michigan State and who's ever played Michigan. <laughs> but uh, let me just say, I was talking to, I was sitting, eating lunch the other day with three NFL scouts, and they were all talking about the depth of talent on the Ohio State team. And one of the gentlemen told me, he goes, on that roster – he goes, I believe there are 45 to 48 NFL players. No way. That's what exactly what they did. And the others wow. were like, yeah, probably when you look at the from the true freshman all the way to the fifth-year seniors, that's probably accurate. There's just so much talent on the team. I mean, listen, Jim Harbaugh's done a great job this year. 
Michigan football team's a good football team. And, and, you know, you don't have to like Michigan, but the thing is you deserve, they deserve the respect that you give them because they've done it. But, man, they are stepping against a whole nother team. Ohio State under Ryan Day has done an absolutely terrific job of just taking their recruiting and, and everything else to just a completely different level. They're on a completely different playing field. It's Ohio State, Georgia, and then everybody else. That's something else. Well, you to that point, Dalen uh, Hayden, who filled in, I mean, he's not even really the full-time running back against Maryland. He ran for 146 yards and three touchdowns. It seems like somebody gets hurt, next person in, they're just as good. Yeah, I tell you, I, was, I go back to sitting there having lunch the other day with these three NFL scouts, and one of them, when we were talking about Ohio State, he said, I would venture to say there are nine to 13 NFL teams that would trade their offensive line for Ohio State. Think about that. Wow. Nine to 13. Wow. I mean, the, old, I mean the, the Las Vegas Raiders have a guy starting on their offensive line named Thayer Mumford. Mm-hmm who at Ohio State, I mean, struggled to keep his job. And he gets drafted in the seventh round by the Raiders, and he's a starter. Man. And that's just that's just how deep they are. That's something else. Well, talking about deep, uh, Buffalo is like ankle or uh, neck deep in snow right now, and so they had to play over here in Detroit over the weekend. They're coming back uh, to play the Lions, and uh, the Lions uh, – have just won three in a row. They're four and six. What's the what's the ceiling though, realistically, for this team? You know, I think that's a great question. I, I think they could probably get to eight wins. And I think what Dan Campbell's done, I, I can tell you this. Now, I always joke with everyone around the NFL. In fact, I was joking with Josh McDaniels, the Raiders coach. I said, when you're born in Michigan your curse is that you're a Lions fan. You get to pick if it's if your parents loved you, you were Spartans. If they didn't love you, you were Wolverines. I said, but everybody's stuck being a, a, a Lions fan. And, but I'm going to tell you, Dan Campbell is so well-respected around the National Football League. Guys like him. Uh, I can tell you this. We've got a, a story coming at uh, Sports Illustrated at the end of the year where we interviewed hundreds of players and asking them among who, what coaches would you like to play with? And without giving any details of that out, I can tell you, Dan Campbell got a lot of praise from NFL players. They want to play for him. They like him. They don't quit. You know, you've seen Lions teams that quit, and there's been no quit. Now they've won three in a row. You know, I, they're going to have a really tough job beating Buffalo. That's a really good football team. But, I mean, eight wins would be a miraculous season for the Lions. That would be something else. Eight wins. And, you know, you can't help but take a look at the playoff picture. I, I, I don't think that's realistic. But, um, you know, the with the uh, draft pick that they're going to be getting from the Rams next year, they're getting a first-round draft pick. Um, it, it looks like things are heading in the right direction for Detroit. Yeah, they absolutely are. And I think it's interesting to, you know, I covered the Lions for years to now see a Ford who has some competency. And I think that's very fascinating. I still say that until no one with Ford blood or anyone who even drives a Ford owns the team, I think they're behind the eight ball. But at least now they have a member of the Ford family that, that in my opinion, is, has some competency. And I, I like the way they're building it. I think they're building it the right way. they got a terrific general manager, a great head coach. I just like the way the Lions are doing it. And as a Lions fan, that's all I can ask for. Just give me any kind of hope. Uh, did you see what Patrick Mahomes did uh, last night for the Chiefs? 
I did. I was sitting in an airport watching it and just I get the privilege because I cover the Raiders to see them up close a couple times a year and then when I go cover the playoffs. And here's the thing about Patrick Mahomes that, that I don't think a lot of people get. I, when I say it, a lot of people are like, wow, that makes sense. But if, it, a lot of people, of course, didn't grow up in Michigan. He's the Barry Sanders of quarterbacks. Mm. And Barry Sanders changed the running back position, and so is Patrick Mahomes. And that guy does things that are so special. But the thing I really like about Patrick Mahomes is if you took away the fact that he's, in my opinion, the best player in the National Football League, he is probably one of the nicest human beings you've ever met. Is that right? It, oh, my gosh. He is so kind. Um, I remember one time he's running out on the field to start a game, and there's this young kid in the sitting in the front row, the handicap session, um, the handicap section screaming at him, mm-hmm. and he stops, runs over, gives him a hug. At the end of the game, he signs an autograph, gives him a bunch of you know merchandise. You will never find anyone in the National Football League who doesn't love that kid. He is everything that is right about sports. And I tell people all the time, he reminds me a lot of Irvin. And anybody around here that, you know, watched Irvin, that tells you my age, but mm-hmm. watched Irvin growing up. But every time Irvin comes back into town, he always has time for everybody. That's Patrick Mahomes. He literally took a page out of the Irvin Johnson um, playbook, and he has done it terrific. He is a wonderful player, and in, in my opinion, I voted for him, and I'll vote for him again. He's the MVP of the National Football League. Hondo Carpenter, he covers the Las Vegas Raiders for Sports Illustrated. You might recognize him from Spartan Sports Nation. Appreciate you joining us uh, again here on Michigan's Big Show. Always great to be on with you. Thank you, my friend. All right. You're listening to Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors, however, whenever, and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, or a broken spirit, Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health, even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all, and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. So it's almost Thanksgiving. I'm in Dusty Cellar to collect a six for $66 club pack from Dusty Cellar. Matt Rhodes, though, is in the spirit of giving. Yes, Michael, this month with the club purchase, we'll be raising funds for Meridian Township residents that cannot easily purchase what they need for the holiday with matching funds to Meridian Cares. 33% of Meridian Township households struggle financially, and they can't even afford maybe basic needs like housing and food and health care. So Meridian Cares helps prevent neighbors in need from facing severe economic hardship like 
hunger and homelessness. Yes, Michael. So with each club pack, we're asking for donations to Meridian Cares of $1 to $10, and we'll match that donation to pass it on to Meridian Cares so more of our township residents can meet their needs. Well, thanks to you, Matt, at Dusty Cellar. I'm in with a club pack and a donation to Meridian Cares. So join me at Dusty Cellar for the 6 for 66 Wine Club, and you can support Meridian Cares, too. Thanks, Michael Patrick. NBC News Radio. I'm Michael Kastner. Former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein says the appointment of a special counsel to oversee the investigation into former President Trump means there's still a viable case against him. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, Rosenstein said the DOJ needs to consider if evidence is sufficient for a conviction. Vice President Kamala Harris is in the Philippines today. Harris met with President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. in Manila, where she reaffirmed America's commitment to the defense of the Southeast Asian country. The talks are also aimed at strengthening economic ties. The U.S. men's national team is set to kick off its 2022 FIFA World Cup today. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald is there. Team USA is just hours away from taking the field in their first World Cup appearance in nearly a decade. Now, this tournament has been shrouded with controversy, but I've been speaking with these team members, and they say they're focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's the game. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio.